Big shout out to my man Sean for redoing our intro music. Way back when we did uh, when we did it, the intro originally, we were called Kill Pop Culture, and my dumbass didn't save the the files, the project files. So when we changed the name to Real Pop Culture, we had to redo the music, and I was never really happy with it. It didn't sound the same. And uh, Sean came in here and uh, redid it for me again, and it sounds cool. All we're going to do, I think we're going to add a bass track, and I might redo the vocals again because I didn't really do them. I just kind of did them quick. But either way, I think it sounds better. What do you think? Kill J has added a new show. We are going to be at Egan's Bar in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, April the 4th. Little factoid here. To my knowledge, we've never played in Tuscaloosa, ever, that I know, remember. And we just played recently in Meridian, which we haven't played in several years. So it's great to be back playing shows, and it's really cool to be playing new places and places we haven't played in a long time. Um, it's always good to go back and visit the old places and to play familiar shows like the Railroad Festival. Good segue, Mark. Thank you. Which is going to be April 12th and 13th. Um Arcadia Comics and Collectibles presents the 2019 Amory Real Festival second stage. This will be the 11th anniversary, hosted by none other than Big Johnny Blender of the Whiskey Cars and Cigars Show on the Edge Radio US. We have a lot of listeners on the Edge Radio, so y'all are obviously familiar with Big Johnny Blender. He's going to be there introing the bands, talking to everybody, giving shout-outs to our sponsors. It's gonna be a gonna be a good time. We're doing something a little bit different this year on Friday night. And I'm really excited about it. We're gonna have the second stage open mic night from 5 to 10 p.m. We're gonna be showcasing several local acoustic acts, maybe even regional. Um, we've already got a few acts on board. Uh, we're looking for a couple more. We got to put some kind of cap on it because we've only got a few hours, so it can't be like a hundred bands. But if you're interested in playing, contact myself or Mr. Robbie Ross on Facebook, and uh, we'll see if we can get that worked out. Saturday, kicking things off at noon, we have Dirtbag Dusty. At 1, we have Reverend Mother. At 2, we have Caging Elliot. 3, we have Stone Chamber. 4, 15, we have Somatic Theory. 5.15, we have five stories. Five and five, I like that. 6.15, we have Affliction of the Absence. At 7.15, we have Seeking Seven. <laughs> seven and seven. That's awesome. At 8.15, we have Kill J. And at 9.15, for the first time ever at the Royal Festival, we have Illyria. Really looking forward to that. Got a shout out to our sponsors, of course, Arcadia Comics and Collectibles. I was just in there yesterday getting my latest pull. I subscribed to Detective Comics and Batman Comics. So I went in there and got the latest. Detective Comics number 1000 will be out soon. Uh, Joe's Cafe and Food Truck will be back out there. I know I was excited about that. Access Music Management. Music 
access music management. I'm, I guess this stout coffee I'm drinking has got me slurring. Madhouse Graphics and Printing are doing the t-shirts again this year. Everybody's excited about that. Everybody's always looking forward to seeing what the shirt's going to look like for the year. And uh, we're going to be we're going to be running some specials because no big surprise we got rained out last year so we have a lot of t-shirts left over from last year so we're gonna be doing some bundles some packages gonna have some really good deals really cool stuff and last but not least we're sponsored in part by the real pop culture podcast a reminder this is all ages family friendly free admission basically no reason in the world not to be there we've also got Tupelo Con right around the corner. May the 4th be with you. It's May 4th and 5th at the Furniture Market in Tupelo, Mississippi. Real Pop Culture is going to be in the house, which means we're going to be giving away some tickets. Now, it's, uh, it's really good timing because I got an email from Google Voice like yesterday or day before and they were basically warning me that we're going to lose our number if we don't. It's a use it or lose it thing. They said that there's a, due to the shortage of phone numbers that are available, they noticed we haven't used ours in a while and that no one's called us. And uh, if we don't use it, they're going to evict us. So this is the perfect opportunity for you to call 662-305-9783. That goes straight to voicemail. Leave us a message. Let us know you want those Tupelo Con tickets. And, um, you know, you could say anything other than that or besides that. Um, you could tell us how much you love the show, how great it is, how much it means to you. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that'll help you win, but it couldn't hurt. It's not going to hurt your chances. Um, but, yeah, we'll do, uh, like always, we'll do a... We'll put your name in the hat if you leave a message. We'll do a Facebook Live drawing. We'll do two separate drawings. So you'll have two chances to win, and you'll get a plus one. So that's pretty awesome. We got a lot going on. We got Kill J show dates. We're working on new music. We've got possibly the biggest Amory Rail Festival second stage ever. And I say that confidently because being that we got rained out last year everybody's really itching to get their fix on you know we got gypped last year so we gotta we gotta double down we gotta just dig in really i'm really hoping for good weather this year because uh we're gonna have the the, the big expanded stage and the big awesome sound system it's gonna be the best production ever and I'm really excited about, you know, the open mic night. I think that's going to be a cool way to get uh, give other musicians a chance to, to get on stage and get showcased. Um, we've got Tupelo Con around the corner. We've got Game of Thrones starting back. Well, WrestleMania is going to be somewhere in the mix in that. There's a lot of stuff. Like, I'm, I'm trying to look. I'm sitting across the room from, from the calendar cannot see that far but i do see a lot of stuff wrote there lots of words i try to write all the the, the shows in red other stuff is in i got a, i got this weird color code thing going 
on the calendar. But it's kind of funny because I have terrible penmanship, and I'm I'm constantly walking over there going, "What the heck are we doing on the fifth? What does that say? What we're we're going to Squirrely Babies? What's a Squirrely Baby? Is that a show? Are we playing at Squirrely Babies? Are we are we gonna make some Squirrely Babies? I don't know. So anyway, I guess that's it for announcements. Uh, this is the last. Uh, I was in the studio today doing some voiceover work that I needed to get done. And I realized all I needed for this episode was an intro. So we recorded everything out of order. So I've already heard this episode. I was there. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it's a really, really good one. I enjoyed all of it. So here we go. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage. I wanted to take a quick minute to tell everyone where they can find real pop culture online in what we call The List. You just made the list! Thank you, Chris Jericho. You can go to www.realpopculture.com. That's our website. You can listen to episodes right there. You can download the Podomatic app, search for Real Pop Culture. You can download and listen to episodes there. Our Facebook account is facebook.com slash realpopculturepodcast. Our Twitter is at realpopculture1. We're on Instagram. Search for us there. We're on iTunes, Google Play. You have to go to Google Play Music and then search for Real Pop Culture. We're on Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Player.fm. All episodes are re-aired on The Edge Radio US, Wednesday nights at 8 p.m. You just made the list! You can go to advertisecast.com and find out how you, yes, you, can be a part of Real Pop Culture by way of advertising. You can give us a call on our voicemail line. That's area code 662-305-9783. You just made the list! And last but not least, you can always email us, popcultureforreal, that's the number four real, at gmail.com. All right, welcome to what I'm going to call this segment, the Metallicast. Yes, sir. Get a little bit closer to that thing. Yes, sir. There you go, buddy. Um, Yes, sir. As some of you may know, I went to Louisville, Kentucky this weekend to see Metallica. Yeah. Uh, Barry Poole, shout out to him. My good buddy Barry bought me tickets for a Christmas present. Best friend ever. I'm telling you. And um, I want to tell you all about it. Please do. And I thought if I'm going to tell you, Sean, (laughs) why not tell the rest of the world as well? Woo! Because some of them want to know. And it was, it was difficult for me last night because I knew we were going to do this tonight and I was wanting to tell you stuff, but I was trying to like not tell you. Right. saving it. Oh, yeah. We're leaving now. Stay um, First off, <clears throat> the, the doors opened at 6 and the concert started at 7, which was a lie. <laughs> <laughs> like Jim Brewer was the opener and he didn't even start till... I want to say at least 7.30. But he was hilarious as, as always. He didn't do like quote-unquote stand-up comedy. He didn't do like a set. Yeah. He, his function was really just kind of messing with people in the crowd, which was which was good. It was funny. Because also, you know, it's not like it's a, a, a comedy show either. So, right. But, you know, everyone laughs at, you know, if you trash. Oh, he was hilarious. First of all, he said, I want to find the youngest Metallica fan here in the crowd. And he found this kid that was like six, and he brought him up on stage and talked to him for a minute. And then when he got funny, is when he's like, "All right, now I want the oldest 
Metallica fan in the crowd. And then somebody pointed at some guy, and they're like, how old are you, sir? And he's like, I'm 50. He's like, ah, I ain't old enough. Yeah. I won't like, I could barely walk yeah. old. <laughs> he's like, I, I, wanna, I want like, you know, high 50s. I want 60s. And he finally, finally found this one guy. I think he was 55, maybe 60. Maybe yeah. been 60. And uh, he walks over there. He's like, he's like, all right, sir, how you doing? And he kind of like, uh, he's like, how old are you again? And the guy like uh, kind of waited before he answered. He's like, "Uh oh, are you supposed to be here?" And he's looking around. He's like, "Did did do y'all, is somebody looking for him? <laughs> did he like wander off from somewhere? He escaped the? Should he be in like let go a home? Yeah, old folks' home. Yeah, it was it was it was really funny. But uh, he did stuff like that, and he would go backstage. Like they would cut to him. And then come back to like they had a DJ playing songs. Oh, okay. Like you could go down there and request a song. Yeah. Um, but Metallica finally got out there at I'm going to say eight thirty. Wow. Doors open at seven. They got on there at eight thirty, and they they were on stage almost two and a half hours. Yeah. Because they did eighteen songs, and that didn't count a cover that Rob and Kirk did, which I don't even know. I didn't recognize it. Yeah. And there's a bunch of doodles. Yeah. You know, I call it doodles, noodling, like, between songs. Yeah. But I'll get to that as I run down the set list. The, the, every Metallica show, as you were talking about, the Atlanta show had those big screens. And yep. there's a theme for each song. The, at this one, it was these boxes. And they weren't that big. I mean, they were probably, I don't know, maybe six feet wide. Yeah. And six feet tall. But they were all around. You know, they play in the round. Yeah. In, in arenas. So they're in the, out in the middle of the floor, and all the way around this thing are these big boxes, and they have like projectors inside of them. So the the each song had its own theme with these boxes. Yeah. And what was cool is not only was it like the boxes uh, had the projection in them, but they moved up like up and down in right. different patterns and stuff. I was showing you some of the video on my phone of the. Yep. I thought that was really cool. The the boxes moving, and the only downside to it is, um, which I had pretty good seats, so it wasn't a, it wasn't a big deal for me. But there wasn't like a huge like Triton, what do you call Trinitron or what do you what do you call those things? Like a big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Titantrons. Yeah, if you're too far away, you just look at the screen. Yeah. So the people like way up above me, because there's two more layers of yeah, people yeah. above me, like they had it rough because those boxes weren't big enough to really do yeah, you a whole see, lot of good. See anything? Well, that was the good thing about me when I saw them in Atlanta was these mm. these four screens, massive, were as tall as buildings, and they would just have like. James up there, who was the size of a, a you know, exactly a, a ten-story building. Yeah, see, that's great <laughs> if you got nosebleeds. Yeah, because you're still getting the experience of the person actually being there. Right, but then you can also actually see them. Yeah, um, but like I said, it wasn't too big of a deal for me because we had pretty good seats. We were on that first, not the risers, but that first ring. Yep, that big, the big ring of people, and then the, there was like the two more layers above us. So anyway, they start out, of course, with ecstasy of gold. And let me put my set list up. I took I took notes as we went because <laughs> I was like, "What? Well, this is this is definitely going to be a podcast." Um, they started out with Hardwired, which man it is so cool to hear like the the PA start a song, and then, and then the kick actual in. guitar kicks in because it sounds so like yeah. you can tell they got money. <laughs> yeah, 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 they got guitar tone. Like it's it's something you have to go see. To you have to if you didn't like Metallica. Which there's something probably wrong with you if you don't. <laughs> if you're a musician, you should go see Metallica. Just 
just to experience what that yep. guitar tone sounds like. Because, like, I grew up in, like, I bought every DVD, everything, Metallica, you can imagine. And I never even thought once about going to see them live. And I, because I was just like, well, I've seen enough, you know? I've seen enough, um, you know, the SM album, DVD, I mean, everything. And then when I got to see them, it was like, oh my God, like, it's, it's, you, you have, you to, have see to be, it. yeah. You have to. You can't, no. There's no uh, uh, audio capturing device out there that does it justice. It's like taking a picture of the moon. Yeah. Like, the moon may yeah, look beautiful. You take a picture of it. Cell phone. The most non-photogenic <laughs> thing in the world is the moon. It's just a dot of light. Like yeah, it looks light. terrible. But, yeah, going to see it live is just like... And then, like, the system they have. Ugh. Like, when he uh, when Sounds Lars so hits the kick just by itself, like, it punches you in the chest. Oh, when they do the boom, like, or the 808 drop, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Dude, I mean, it was like an earthquake. Like, literally, you felt it in your chest. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, ear-piercingly loud. No, no, no. It's perfect. Like, you don't need earplugs for a Metallica show. There's a reason why those... When you work with Metallica, you have, like, insurance. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're a crew person all year long or whatever. So, it being the uh, worldwide, or whatever they're calling this tour, it's, it's the the tour cycle for Hardwired to Self-Destruct. Yeah. So. They they started out with Hardwired, which I thought was cool. Went right into Atlas Rise, which is another Hardwired song. Then he was like, you know, kind of welcoming everybody. And he was like, we're going to uh, play a, some new songs. We're going to play some old songs. Like this one, boom. And they just started playing Seek and Destroy. Wow. And I was like, I wasn't expecting that. Because usually <laughs> Seek and Destroy is like at the, end. the last song. Because yeah. they get the crowd to sing Seek and Destroy with them at the end and stuff. So I was I was kind of surprised to see that. Um, come out so quick. Then they did Harvester of Sorrow, which I was Ooh, like, "That's cool. That's sick." I Man, I'm all about some justice for all sick. stuff. Uh, then they did the Unforgiven. Of course. They did Now That We're Dead, which is uh, another Hardwired song. Yeah. And Lars did a drum doodle at the end of it, like a little drum solo thing. Right. Then they did Creeping Death. Oh, it sounds so good live. Because, again, they start the intro over the PA. Yeah. And then he comes in with that riff, and it just yep. blasts your ears. Man. You're like, God, that sounds so That's good. Amazing. If I could just bottle up a little <laughs> bit of that or, or put it in a like a like that guitar tone in a, in a pepper shaker and yep. sprinkle a little bit on my amp before a show, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, after Creeping Death, Rob did a bass doodle. And then that went into For Whom the Bell Tolls. And during that point, I mean, it looked like they were having a really good time, like the band. You could just tell. They weren't just up there going through the songs. Like, they were, like, messing with each other and laughing. And, like, they were having a, they were, you could tell they were having a really good time, which, it wouldn't surprise me, but, I mean, they've played those songs so many times. Right. (laughs) They got to be getting tired of them. (laughs) For sure, in the Sandman. (laughs) Oh. After For Whom the Bell Tolls, Kurt did a pretty cool doodle. Uh, then they did Halo on Fire, another hardwired song. Uh, then Rob and Kurt did that cover song. Then Rob did Anastasia Pulling Teeth. Yes. Did they do that at Atlanta, the yes. bass solo? Yep. Oh, man, I'm so glad they're doing that now. That's a very good tribute to Cliff. And, of course, while he was doing it, in those boxes, there was pictures of Cliff oh, wow. everywhere from different. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um. I should have closed the door. I don't know we're going to have get to uh, sirens in the background. Then after Anastasia pulling teeth, the bass solo, they went into Motor Breath. That was 
kind of a surprising uh, Kill 'Em All song. Motor Breath is actually my favorite song off the Kill 'Em All record because it's like a punk song. It's not. It is. There's a lot of punk on that album. We talked about that when we did the part one of the Metallica yeah, albums. Or a metal song. It's a straight punk song. Um, where am I at? After Motor Breath, they did Fuel, and that's when they did a lot of pyro. I'm yeah. talking about, like, they had to turn the air conditioner on in the building. It was getting hot. Right. And uh, there's these, again, they're in the round. So Lars is on that rotating little cake that he plays on. Yeah. And then around him are vents in the stage, and that's where all the pyro was. So it, it was kind of funny. You could tell they've been burned pun intended <laughs> james has because like they're all over the stage during the shows but on the songs there was pyro they stayed on the outside, outside edge yeah. like they wouldn't move like they were way away from it this is my spot it's like they knew exactly which songs had pyro yeah um so but during this it was just constantly coming up out of the floor and it would like plume out into like a uh, small uh, uh nuclear yeah cloud, yeah what do you call that the cloud, cloud the mushroom yeah and uh it was just constant and at the end at those same vents, they'd shoot fireworks as well yeah. as pyro. Sick. So that was that was a cool touch on that song. Yeah. Uh, then this is the coolest thing, and I still don't even know how they do this. On Moth into the Flame, another hardwired song. Will right. y'all shut that door for me, please? I don't know what's going on with the sirens. Woo! Something must have exploded. Um. They opened up the these. These things on the stage, these these compartments, they opened them up, and they had little. All of a sudden, I started seeing these little lights come up out of them, and that was their like their little fireflies, like because songs moth into a flame, so it's yeah. sort of like that was their moths or whatever. And I, at first, I was like, oh, well, they must be on strings or something, and they just kept coming, like there were dozens of them, and like they would move all around and independently, and then they would sync up and start swirling. Sort of like a lightning bugs or moth or something would do. And I was like, well, they can't be on strings. They'd be getting tangled. To come to find out, they're all little drones. Like yeah. little beady drones about this big. Yeah. Just dozens of them. I don't know how they do that. But they would fly back you down into the stage. And this compartment was smaller than that table right there. Yeah. And they, cause they would just fly back in there and land. And then they'd come back out. And they'd have like all of them and then a few of them, like different configurations. And that that was impressive. That had to have been... That's what happens uh, when you make two million. Well, I took a I took a a picture that I showed you last night of their control panel. Yeah, that was just for lights. Yeah, and it was this huge <laughs> like it looked like Command the bridge of the Starship Center. Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. Like there was more bells and whistles and buttons. Like there was this one screen up with just a top view of the stage. Yeah, for like different positions for different. Everybody. Yeah, it was crazy. Then after Moth into a Flame, James did this kind of speech, this talk. Which it was cool, but he was basically just like extendedly thanking everybody and yeah. saying, you know, so many years of Metallica and you guys are awesome. And uh, they could have stuck another song in the place of that, but hey, <laughs> they played a lot of songs. Don't you? <laughs> you got one more than I did. <laughs> um, after that, they did Sad But True. At the end of Sad But True, I put this in my notes because James did this weird thing with his guitar. And he did this a couple of times where he would flip it and, and hit it against the stage headstock first. Not so hard that he was trying to break it, but just to get, like, feedback and sound out of it. And then uh, at the end of this song, he, like, got down on the ground with it 
and was like really kind of laying into it and started twisting the tuning keys. Oh, okay. And to yeah, make, yeah, yeah. Into the monitor to make right. feedback. And I was like, it's very Nirvana-esque of them. I've never seen him do stuff like that. And I've watched hundreds of videos of Metallica play. I've seen him do that with Sabatru. Uh, oh, so it was after Sabatru? Yeah. He'll just sit there and play, and then t- and he goes... It sounded kind of cool, but as me being a musician, I laughed because I was like, his poor guitar tech really hates him. He's <laughs> like, damn it, James, quit doing that. <laughs> but knowing them, they, it's probably like new guitars every show or something. Yeah, every song. Uh, which I want to get to the guitars before we wrap up, too. Uh, after that, they did Metallica 1, which surprisingly, they didn't do all the explosions and stuff mm. that they normally do. They did, uh, on the boxes, they had... Um, was that Johnny Get Your Gun? The yeah, the, the, the movie, movie that's the got footage. the vi- for the yeah for the video. Um, it sounded great as always. Uh, Master Puppets came after that, and then they tried to pretend like that they were done. And I'm like, Psh, please, no better. You we know better. You need play it in Like nobody was even like. Nobody bought it. Yeah. <laughs> nobody was like, well, <laughs> let's get our coats. And yeah. <laughs> let's finish this drinks and get out of here. Uh, so they came back with battery, and they did that amazing battery intro that they wow. do, where they're da 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 da. All that's on the PA, and then James and then, just comes blasting in with that riff. Yeah, oh, amazing. Uh, then after that, Kurt played uh, like a really long solo thing. Then they did nothing else matters. Then they did Sandman, and um, and they said as they were saying goodbye, they played a snippet of Freight Ends of Sanity. Man, which was kind of weird and cool. That's the, a tease. So that was eighteen songs. That that was a I mean two and a half hours of music, not Ooh. counting the cover and the doodles. I'm surprised they didn't do Memory Remains. I was really looking for that one. They did. Uh, I think they did it on mine. Yeah, we pulled um, up your set list too, and we were and that was sixty thousand people singing that that. Uh, that I know. I was looking line. forward to that, but I guess the load reload song for this show was Fuel. Yeah, which I would have. Well, I like Fuel, but I would have traded if I could have. Um, I was interested. Uh, of course, I wish they would have played Dire's Eve, but I wasn't expecting it because they yeah, usually I don't. don't. Know how often they even play that? They song. do play it, but it's not very often. And uh, I was surprised um, they didn't play Fade to Black. Barry was upset about that. And uh, they did at mine. What other song was it? Blackened. They didn't play Blackened. Mm. I was I was kind of expecting that one. Um, but they, I pulled up the set list. Uh, there's this website we've been looking at where they post like every set list of like a, a bunch of bands, all of them. Probably. It's gotta be so hard though for Metallica to even do a set list. I know after 30 years or f- almost 35 years now. And kudos to them for changing it. It's that's almost never the same set list. Yeah, which is with all those songs you should. Yeah, they don't like some some bands would be tempted to. Because it's easy to do the same set every night. Yeah. I mean, even from a local band perspective, when yep. we when we're doing the same songs all the time, you get so tight at that, and it's just like rep, that repetition. Yeah. And uh, it just it flows, and it's easy. Yeah. Um, you don't have to remember shit. Like, oh yeah, we're adding that tonight. How are we going to come into that? You know. Yep. It kind of breaks it up, but kudos to them for doing that for their fans, changing their show up all the time. Um. But while they did, uh, they did play blackened in nashville on this tour but they didn't play harvester of sorrow oh. 
So, yeah, so mm. you know. They kind of got like a main, they, it looks, sounds like they got like a main set list and then they have trade out spots. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I said because Fuel was in the place of the other show, Head Memory Remains there. And that's mm. like their. Okay. I guess they, because they keep the themes on the boxes. Right. And they just had, during that theme, yeah, it had that, from, that Metallica from star that, that, you know, they, they used for the logo back then mm-hmm. was on the part of what was on the boxes during that. Yeah. So that's probably easy to. So they just pick from that era. Right, exactly. Songs, and then they put them in that spot. Um, yeah, it looks like a, your set list from Atlanta is actually really similar, and that was in 2017. Yeah. Man, if you could have seen them do one, and they had those, you know, giant, oh, I know, ten story tall. There's some really good footage on of it online. I've watched Ooh, almost pretty bro. much all of it, but it, again, it doesn't do it justice. Yeah, on, the on intro video. to one, the fireworks were going off, and they had it fires, and they had these flames that went across the stage, like, like, yeah, like, like, and um, and then when they kicked into it, they had like these zombie, or maybe it was just uh, soldiers. soldiers yeah. But, I want to say at some point it looked like they turned to like they were dead or whatever. Yeah. They kind of had like ghosts um, walking across. Um, and I mean, I remember being at one point I turned around and like looked at the Atlanta stadium and there was like people from Atlanta. They're making jokes. It was like this state is this is the new uh, Atlanta Brave Stadium and it hasn't been sold out until Metallica got here. <laughs> yeah. And I turned around and looked, and I was like, God, that's 60,000 people. I wish they released a DVD of that show. Dude, it was amazing. Dude, do you still have your ticket? Um, Someone else bought it. Because if you could get the barcode, you can go to MetallicaLive.com, put your bar- put your barcode in, and you get a free download. Craig was there. He's got it, but you know, he takes forever. Because I've been telling him, just send me a uh, you know. Well, I mean, you could buy it for like oh, yeah. $9.99. If you- That'd be worth it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna buy. Yeah, I'm gonna throw in the extra ten bucks and get the physical CD yeah. from this show because they do that now. They just started that recently. Yeah, that's, you can get an actual smart. double CD, uh, physical copy of your More show. More successful bands should do that. That is so awesome. I mean, and to think that people were so pissed off at Metallica during the Napster thing, yeah. but no band does more shit like this for their fans. Like, I'm not saying there's not another band that does this. I don't know of one. But every show you go to, you can go download your show. Even when they it. would do um, those private shows, you know, for Metallica members, they'd show up in a city and play in front of 30 people. Yeah. And they'd just, you know, it'd be at a bar somewhere, and they'd just close the bar down. Like a small bar. Yeah. And and, and all of a sudden, boom. Or they would just advertise there's going to be a band, but they wouldn't tell you the yeah. band, and it was Metallica. It was Metallica. And then, you know, but the whole Napster thing, all those people were mad, but they were right. They were. In hindsight. They saw they were Lars was right to sue, to sue Napster because you know, now look how things are. Yeah. There'll never be another Metallica because of... There won't be There's much, no money to p- push a band like as that As far anymore. as like rock and metal stuff like that, I don't see like in 20 years there being much of it at all. What are the chances that a metal band became this popular anyway? Again? I mean, they're legit metal. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, I'm looking around at all these people rocking out. And I'm like, if you if you did a pie chart of, of popular music, the the slice of pie for metal is so small already. Oh, yeah. You know? And then there's this one band that somehow got through. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, like, at the top of, like well, you said, the record attendance. And the, yeah. Like, um, and there's, that's how heavy music is anyways. Because, you know, normally it was every 10 years, the next batch of bands would wipe out the last batch of bands. Right. And that's how it's been since forever. Since 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. 
And then since the 2000s, you haven't, like, uh, I guess the last one was Five Finger Death Punch to break through and be at that top level. Whereas, but they're not um, even anywhere near Metallica status. And, I, I know, but I'm just saying. Yeah, but they're like, they're more popular than you would expect a band that heavy to be. Yeah. Yeah. And um, them and Lamb of God. Like, Lamb of God is ridiculous popular, even though there's no singing. And they're super heavy. <laughs> and they're singing in their songs, and they somehow broke through. But that was the last batch of bands, um, you know, because Bring Me Horizon and, and all these other new bands, like, they'll never get to that point. I don't see them getting to that point. Yeah. Well, like, that's what we've talked about before. Who's who's next after Metallica retires? Nobody. There's You have this huge gap between these icons and, and the, then and the, the bands that are they're popular, but they're not football arena yep. sellout popular. Like uh, another example of that is like I went and saw Corn and Rob Zombie play together mm. at an arena, and you know how old those bands are. And Rob Zombie still Rob Zombie Rob Zombie plays arenas, yeah, like to this day. And like <clears throat> any band under him though, or any band like like I said from the mid thousands or even the two thousand tens, like this decade that we're in now, like there's nobody. Nobody's selling arenas. Yeah, it was interesting to me to see them go do the stadiums and then switch back to doing arenas again, Metallica. Because yeah. so like, you can go play a baseball stadium, holds how many people? Like 60,000. 60,000? Yeah. Oh. I don't know how many people the Yum Center held, but I don't think it's anywhere near that. Although it's freaking huge on the inside. Yeah. I mean, it's stacked. Like, you can't see the people at the top you just see it's like the ocean you just like see the, like uh, shapes <laughs> i've seen a few concerts at the um nashville arena where the the hockey team plays and that's like thirty thousand. yeah um one other thing i wanted to cover you being a guitar nerd like me hmm. that they did a really cool thing i think with their theme their like james went through his whole history of guitars he did the white flying V at yeah. one point, his original. Yeah, I think he played. I, I he didn't pair him up with the songs, but it seems like it was one of the older songs that he did play the white flying V on. And uh, of course, he played at least one song with the classic. It was a it was a Black Explorer. I'm I'm assuming it was his ESP. It may have been a different. Yeah. Uh, but it was he the classic you know Metallica Black Album tour. You know, explorer. It may have been his black um, <clears throat> that snake bite. No, it wasn't a snake bite because snake he did. Bite? He played oh. the camo snake bite at least twice. No, I know, but I'm saying like he has a white one, a black one, a camo one. The snake bite shaped a little bit differently though. Yeah, this one was the classic body. Oh, okay, I don't know what brand it was. I'm just saying it was the yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. Uh, but the, no, the snake bite. He had the camo one. He used it at least twice. Uh, and then he used the truckster. Yeah, at least one or two times. And uh, what's the name of the one with the Maltese cross on it? Looks like a Les Paul he used during the load. Oh, re- that's the ESP. Oh, wait a minute, what? On load. The load reload. It, lo- it looks like a Les Paul, but it's got the big Maltese cross no, at the that, end of the. Well, I mean uh, the gold one or whatever. Is it gold? It's got a big gold Maltese cross on it. Yeah, that was their insane anger, though. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that one's called. Yeah, I don't know. But he used it, uh, I think, one time. And uh, I put it in my notes. You know, what are they calling the one that they made out of their garage? The woodshed guitar? That's the one that that Kenneth, whatever guy. He played Master of Puppets with it. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's this, uh, quickly, I'll tell the the backstory. There's there's this old shed, like garage thing that Metallica used to practice in back in the day, and they tore it down. And there's some guy that 
saved some, some of the wood. And when they found out, James got this guy to make him a guitar out of it. Yeah. That's so freaking cool, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's got like nails and stuff in it and all yeah, that. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, it looks like it, looks it came like a from a shed. Yeah. <laughs> from the 70s. <laughs> no telling what that cost, but hey, who cares? It's Metallica. Oh, yeah. Um, so he played it on Master of Puppets, so that was pretty cool. And surprisingly, Kirk Hammett, you know, his signature monster guitar, he only played it on like one song, maybe yeah. two. But he, even Rob, like, why does the bass player need to switch every song? <laughs> Your strings aren't getting, I mean, bass strings are huge. Yeah. I guess just, I don't know. Just a different feel and a different, yeah. you know, for each song. And this was another thing that's funny. Uh, Lars uses those uh, those metal sticks, sticks? Oh, okay. the, with the black coating and the white tips. Yeah. Uh, it's a Vic Firth. I forget what they're called. But he would have a guy bring him a new set of sticks every song. And I'm like, you know you can buy a little thing you clip on your, your hi-hat stand that'll hold all your sticks, right? <laughs> and he would like bring him a fresh drink. And like one time, I don't know if the guy got confused, he tried to hand the drink to James. And James was like, I don't want that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? That's funny. And um, there was one funny moment too where Lars got up during one of the fast songs, which Lars plays everything kind of fast. And he sat down on the stage and like laid back, like he was exhausted. And James was over there fanning him. Yeah, He's like can we get some help out here to get Lars up? We <laughs> wore him out. That's funny. Yeah, they were like doing a lot of cutting up and stuff. Like I said, you could tell they were having a good time, which translated That's to good. the crowd having a good time. Everybody was so into it. I just pulled up YouTube, and there's like, like a lot of good video of this show out there as well. So yeah, I don't want to wait ten more years to see Metallica again. No. I saw him in 2008. Well, almost 11 years. I remember when I came back for mine, and I told you, like, you got you to gotta see it again. See it again. Because <laughs> there's a lot of bands out there where you're like, ah, I saw them, you know. Like, even even bands I really like, there's some that I wouldn't necessarily care to go see again. Right. Like, not that I wouldn't. I just wouldn't spend the money to go, you know. It's like, I feel like been there, done that with, yep. some, with some of the bands. Yeah. And I've been super lucky too because a lot of the bands I've seen that I wanted to see I saw them like in the right era yeah some of them I was late to the party on like I really wish I'd have saw Metallica during the the Black, Black album. album tour yep. that would have been super amazing like but, I've uh, seen Korn five times and the best times was the first time and the last time I saw them the in between times they were just playing like the greatest hits and yeah. I was like as a fanatic fan it's like that's lame like I wouldn't trade the era that I saw Slipknot yeah, that was still they were still oh, in the red man. jumpsuits and they were still like all crazy and you know they still had all the mem same members like nobody was dead or replaced yeah. or yeah but yeah overall it was an amazing show I can't wait to do it again um, you really need to get that Atlanta concert yeah I will we'll order that ASAP all right do you have any other Metallica information um, we're gonna get back on here soon and do part two of our album rundown because we got all the way did we cover the black album at all or did we stop at the beginning of the black album we stopped after the black album because the cover of the podcast was the black album uh did you like that yeah that was sick <laughs> that was brilliant yeah and i started putting it together to doing the little i like to do a custom image for every show and some people like if you're subscribed to us on itunes you don't really get that because the itunes just uses one image right but if you're on a lot of the other platforms, like I know if you go to our website, which is just a landing page for the Potomatic site, mm -hmm. 
you see each episode has its own individual thing and i was putting that together and i was trying to figure out how to position i was like you know what if i just do it like with the snake in the corner i was like i could just do it like that yeah, like like and the then album. i i figured out how to do the the letters to where they're like they were sunk in and kind of grayed out right <laughs> yeah yeah I'm, that's what i'm proud of sometimes i'll do one and i'll be like yeah that'll work but then sometimes i'm like man that's really cool i want to like a sticker of that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we'll start on load and then go to now that's gonna be great um I think Anthony's fixing to jump on here in a minute, and we are going to talk about my experience at the Jim Bean Distillery. That was really cool. But first, I'm going to look at the grill ready and get a beer. And do a shot. What? Whoa. What kind of party is this? Hey. Got weird. Those new band shirts look awesome. Where did you get those done? At Anarchy Design. They do screen printing now? Oh yeah, they do professional custom screen printing at a very competitive rate. Well, where can I find them? Look them up on Facebook, facebook.com slash anarchydesign69, or email them at anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. You can check out some of their work on their Facebook page. When you're ready to order, you can send them your idea, or they can design it for you. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. It's a one-stop shop for all your screen printing needs. That's anarchydesign69 at gmail.com. I just like to leave the doors and windows open when we actually have a minute where oh, it's you possible. Have a moment. Yeah, it was a nice day today. That's yeah, yesterday did. Sean had the big roll-up door here yeah. rolled up. and Yeah, I went to... Uh, it was a nice day today. I went, me and Laura went and found a couple of geocaches today. Oh, cool. You're still doing that? Yeah. Oh, well, that's one of the, that's, that's Make sure cool. you get pretty close to that thing. You don't have to eat it, but. That's what's cool about it. You can start and stop anytime you want to. Yeah. Yeah. So, I went and found a couple in Amory. Oh. Well, another big part of my Louisville trip was I went to the Jim Bean Distillery. And I've done the Jack Daniels Distillery tour before which I highly recommend to anybody in this area. I'm going to go back and do it again because it's been several years. And uh, what's cool about the Jim Bean Distillery Tour is there's two tours. There's the distillery tour, and then there's the warehouse tour. And when we got there, they said, well, they said, well, we've got a warehouse tour starting in like five minutes. We have a distillery tour in two hours. Which one do you want to do? And I said, I said, be honest. What, what would you recommend? Which is which ones? Because we could have waited two hours for the other one if it was better. She said, "Well, in the warehouse tour, you get to drink Jim Beam straight out of the barrel." And I was <laughs> like, "You had me at drinking straight out of the barrel. <laughs> Book it." <laughs> so we didn't have to wait because it was starting in like five minutes. I was oh, like, "Boom, awesome. score!" So um, we go to this warehouse, and a warehouse isn't the right word to use for it even though that's what it is i'm gonna call it a whiskey skyscraper (laughs) because here's the thing the barrel houses back in the day i'm just gonna say i don't know what year it was but they didn't have regulation now you cannot build one larger taller than seven floors because it's a liability Gotcha. You got millions and millions of tons of of barrels that if one thing breaks you know, which they actually have lost one barrel house. I'll get to that in a minute. Um, 
But this one was built way before. And, it, dude, it, I'll show you some pictures, but the pictures don't do it justice. It's like, you ever you ever taken a mirror or seen where they take a mirror and position it into another mirror where it just looks like it's just endless? Oh, it's just endless, yeah. Like prism. That's right. what it's like looking. It's just endless whiskey barrels. And not just forward and backwards, but left, right, and uh, up. Uh, like every... Yeah, I, would, I wanted I wanted. Everywhere that. you look, there's a... Uh, but just endless yeah, barrels. Just a barrel. It's like what trying size to barrels are they? They're like fifteen gallon barrels or I'm not sure. They're the normal they're the same the normal whiskey barrel size. They're big. I'm gonna say thirty gallons. Just cause I wanna say thirty gallons. I, I honestly don't remember. I'm sure they said during the tour. Our tour guide was awesome. Um I'll have to I can't remember his name. I'm a terrible person when it comes to names, but uh he was like super charismatic and funny he, and he, fun, like I'm ultimate tour guide. But uh, we get in there and he's telling us all the history and stuff. And he shows us this. Uh, it looks like a pendulum hanging from a string with plum. a big, a what? A plumb bob. Yes, that's it. Okay. It, and and it's got the this chart underneath it. And of course, it's tap dead center. He said that you know because of the weight. Yeah. Um. If it gets inside this ring, we have to shift everything around and make it right. He said, if it gets inside this ring, run. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So this this ring is fine. This one you need to adjust. This one you need to haul ass because you're going to get chased down by a bunch of barrels. <laughs> yeah. They're going to run you over. Um, and he pulled down a a single barrel, which is what's interesting is... And especially in these tall ones, the the whiskey in the middle is going to be the best because it's affected by like the gravity and everything yeah. and the atmosphere. Like it's going to be a little bit different at the top than it is at the bottom. But the middle is the good. Like I don't know how many you wouldn't really call it a floor because where you're walking it's like pretty low okay. ceiling because they're they're trying to get as many levels as possible in there. Um. So you didn't really have to duck your head to walk, but you didn't have any room. You couldn't have jumped, you know. So I don't know how many le- levels in the middle is the perfect spot, but that's where they—that's where the single barrel stuff comes from. Now they use an X configuration to pull the barrels out for mixing. You know, they mix them all together okay. to make just your uh, this right here. I've got a, just a bottle of uh, Kentucky Bourbon straight Jim Beam. I guess this is seven years old. I think. Is it seven? Jimmy's four, I think. Is it four? I think. Jim I know Jim Beam and like most liquors, they go by the time. Yeah. Now Jack Daniels goes by taste. They don't right. have a certain set time, but they had pulled down a what would be a single barrel run from the middle, and that's the one we sampled out of. And I'm fixing to pour you a drink out of the shot glasses that they gave us. And there's nothing really special about this bottle of Jim Beam other than I bought it in Kentucky. <laughs> Hey. So it came from where it's made. <laughs> there you go. So I'm going to tell you and everybody else listening what he told us about how to do the Kentucky Chew. The Kentucky <laughs> Chew. So let me pour you a little bit of whiskey. And your barrels. Enough to get a couple sips out of it. Now, I'm going to tell you what we've been doing right the whole time and what we've been doing wrong. And... I knew immediately that that I I had been doing this wrong. All right, we have our our shot glasses with uh, some Jim Beam in it. He said, "You hold it up and look at the color, which is what we always do with Scotch." Yeah. 
and then you smell it, which is what we always do. But this is what I didn't know. When you smell it, make sure your mouth is open when you smell oh, it. I did not know that. It drags the aroma across your palate. Oh, okay. It, it makes a huge it difference. Your, it's, I got you. It goes through your, um, yeah. Your ventilation system. Yeah. But you see, can you see the difference? All right. We looked at it. We smelled of it now. Yes, uh, I can. Now, here's the important part. We're going to take a small sip. Uh, what's funny, uh, back, backing up, our tour guy said, let me tell you how you, you learned how to shoot whiskey wrong in college. Because, <laughs> you know, we pour a shot like, bam, you know. <laughs> yeah. No. You take a small sip, just enough to get some in your mouth. We're going to swish it around, sort of like, almost like mouthwash. Mm-hmm. Then you're going to swallow and then breathe out. So you kind of want to take a breath before you take your sip. Do the swish, swallow, and then breathe out. Cheers. I just didn't you see, when you exhale, you you can feel it all over your palate, uh, yeah. uh, your entire I've, tongue. And it's weird because I've watched videos on tasting, and one of the weird things I've seen is like, you know, the Scotch people are so finicky. Oh yeah, they would take like a a high dollar Scotch and they'll pour it like in the the Glencorn, like a little just, yeah. a, just a little bit, and they'll swash it, swirl around it, yeah, and then slang it out. Slang it out of the glass. They, they, got, they could just pour that in a bottle. They could have, but you know, <laughs> I'll take it. But they just basically just prime the glass with the only essence is awesome. Like people do with vermouth when they make a martini. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I did not know that you knew that, so I know something new about you, Mark. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've said this before on here. I'm gonna give props to Joe Casada, Redbeard. Yeah. He can make the shit out of a martini. The kind that, because I'm real picky when it comes to martinis. Can you make a martini, Laura? I like them uh, dry. No, excuse me, wet because it's vodka, not gin. I hate gin, and I like it dirty with a lot of you know olive juice and very little vermouth. You say you like it wet and dirty. Is that a I like rap? it wet and dirty? Is that like yeah. a rap song or something? I'm not sure. I don't know. I think Weird Al Yankovic did <laughs> something. I like it wet and dirty. <laughs> um, you just totally threw me off my train of thought here. I, I do that. That's my so job. I was very pleased just to learn that little bit of information that I've been oh, shooting yeah. whiskey wrong my whole life. It makes a huge difference. I will. I'm going to go home and, sm- and practice. Smell, <laughs> I'm going to go home and smell my macaw with my mouth open. Yeah, <laughs> that that immediately I was like, dang, I, how have I been drinking all so much? And I didn't know. Usually, notice. when we drink our mouth, when we drink scotch, like especially like Macallan, our jaws are dropped anyway, so our mm. mouth's open when we smell it. <laughs> It does make. A it takes the bite out of it. it takes, too. You, I think it, when you breathe out, you're breathing out that vapor, uh, and it it doesn't have a bite to it. And when you when you smell it with your mouth open, you don't get the. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to. When you smell it, you know it's, it's alcohol, so you got this. I don't know medicinal mm-hmm. aroma to it. But when your mouth's open, it's not there. Yeah. Do it again and see if I'm right. Well, <laughs> twist my arm. You got you got to do right. it with your mouth closed first. Yeah. Yeah. This whole process is it's smoother. Like, if somebody who's never shot whiskey before should do it this way. You're not going to have that, you know, that choky feeling afterwards. You go long. I got enough for one more. You learn how now. You got to do it. <laughs> it's been a long time since I had Jim Bean. They call that the Kentucky Chew, okay. that, that method of tasting. That's the way they all do it there. And uh, another interesting thing, I bought that bottle of Devil's Cut. And they, they say this on the Devil's Cut commercial, but the, the, he went into detail about how Devil's Cut came about. 
Because I was thinking, like, how the hell do you extract the leftover liquor from the barrels? That has to be some chemical process. It's actually not at all. It's very simple. They used to, um, now they sell all their used, they only use their barrels once. Now they sell all their used barrels to winemakers, beer makers, you know. Because, you know, you you buy this, it says aged in whiskey barrels. Scotch. Scotch. Scotch, yeah. Um, but they used to just chunk the barrels out there, and like people would. Th- this is way, way back, and people would just come get them, like people in the community. Well, they found out when you empty a barrel, there's two gallons of liquor in the wood. Holy so what they would do on these hot summer afternoons, fill the barrel full of water, roll it around their yard in the heat, and slosh it around, and they would get devils cut out of it, and then just boil the water off. Yeah. Or not. Or not. Or just drink it cut. When <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got two gallons of liquor there. That's pretty awesome. Then, you know, what they call the angel's cut is the, the, the evaporation. Evapor- you have a lot of evaporation out of a barrel over yeah. seven years or however many oh, years yeah. it is. And then the devil's cut is what soaks into the wood. And instead of just throwing the barrels away, now they're extracting that. So it's that's pretty interesting. Because I was thinking, like, I was thinking how they decaffeinate coffee. It's this weird chemical process. It's like, how do you extract it? I mean, are they, like, squeezing the wood? Squeeze like, they got to be using chemicals. Like, no, they just, just put, like, hot water in there or whatever. <laughs> Open the pores up, yeah. I'm like, that's that's pretty cool. That's Yeah, that's really cool. And uh, speaking of the evaporation, all the trees at the Jim Bean Distillery are black. And they started out talking about the wor- the barrel houses are all black. They're like, uh, a guy said, did y'all paint the barrel houses black? to draw in more heat because the way you get the extraction from the wood is the hot cold hot cold you yeah. know uh the barrels are charred so when it gets cold it draws out and when it gets hot it you know i'm maybe saying that backwards but over the years of hot cold hot cold which it was freezing in that barrel house you're surrounded by liquid that hasn't warmed up yet oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's, it's yeah like sitting on a lake yeah lake, exactly like a lake show yeah it, it was much warmer outside, and it was cold outside, but it was freezing cold in that barrel house. Um, he said, did y'all paint the barrel, the barrel houses black to draw in more heat from the sun? He said, yes, that's why we initially did it, but surprisingly, it doesn't help. It doesn't help with that process. He said, we started out doing them that way. Now we just do it that way because they look cool. You have these huge black buildings everywhere, oh, yeah. these big Jim Beam logos all over them. It's really a cool visual. Like, they have everything painted with their logos on it. They're good at branding there. Right. Um, so, anyway, back to the trees. Somebody's like, do y'all paint y'all's trees? <laughs> He's like, no. He said, there's actually a organism, like, when the whiskey evaporates, kind of in the local atmosphere, it comes back down onto the vegetation. It doesn't hurt the vegetation. It just- and it's not a fungus, but it's known as the tattletale fungus. Because a lot of moonshiners that would stay in the same spot, oh, all the trees would turn black, turn and people black. would know that they're. So that's another reason moonshiners move around. Oh, I never knew that. that is, they call it the tattletale fungus tattletale. or the tattletale moss or something like that. Yeah. It actually doesn't hurt the trees at all. It just it turns just them turn, black. Turns them black. Yeah, they're all black. That's Every cool. one of them. And uh, so, if I'm walking in the woods one day and see black trees, I need to start looking. You need to start looking for some start white lightning down start there. Start smelling with my mouth open. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. For sure. Oh, the barrel houses. Now, and I'll show you some pictures when we get done. They're putting these big supports on them. They actually lost a barrel house somewhere. Uh, he said that some of these barrel houses were built in the 30s. 
and now they're having to be proactive rather than reactive. They don't know what happened, but once something knocks loose, I mean, it's an avalanche. Uh, yeah. And he said, surprisingly, they didn't lose, because I think there was something like 50,000 barrels in that one uh, place, the one we were in. Of course, it was one of the, the probably the biggest one, I would assume. Yeah. That one that was the Whiskey Skyscraper. Um, but there was like something like 30,000 barrels in this one and they lost like 10,000 maybe. So there's like 20,000 more. I was like, is that going to be his limited edition special release? And he started laughing. He's like, that's a good idea. <laughs> uh, like the ones that survived, you yeah. know. Um, but now they're going in and replacing wood. They're adding supports to the outside, like these big metal beams and stuff. And uh, they don't want that to happen again. No, no. I imagine not. Uh, that'd, that'd be a mess. 10,000 barrels of whiskey busted open. I mean, that's like, that would cause a flood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a whiskey uh, flood. Because, you know. Poor ten, fish. Just 10,000. We don't know what the gallons of the barrel is. We already know 30, 50, 100, whatever. It's, it's, it's a lot of gallons. I'm going to go I'm gonna get, I want to. I want to. I want to report accurately. The standard American bourbon barrel is fifty-three gallons. So you were close. No, you said thirty. It's well, fifty. That's what a barrel is in beer. So that's what. And it's surprising how much evaporation there is. Oh. Like it's something like it's over thirty percent. It's almost wow. like half. Sometimes. The angel's cut, basically. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what they call it. After we did the the warehouse and he talked to us about all that, we went in this tasting room. And again, I'll show you the pictures. And they had everything Jim Beam makes there, which a couple of things I'd never even heard of. One of which he said was his favorite, so I tried it. I always like to get the. I mean, if the tour guide thinks it's the best, yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's going to be yeah, good. Yeah. And he was right. Uh, he said, "Well, first I'm going to give y'all a shot of. Ooh, was it?" Devil's Cut, I think. Yeah. And then we're going to do Knob Creek. Because you know they do Knob Creek. I didn't know they did Knob Creek. Yeah. They do Knob. I, I think they acquired them, oh. if I remember correctly. Um, and he said, the third one is your choice. So we did a shot in the warehouse and three shots in the tasting room. And you get, a, a, if you buy the package, which is it's not much more, you get a, a what looks like a ch- casino chip uh-huh. for a drink in the bar. Oh, okay. A cocktail. See, I left drunk. Basically, <laughs> yes. Basically, when you buy your ticket, you're paying for you to get uh, intoxicated. So did Barry like it? I'm sure he liked oh, the, he his, loved the it, history yeah. of it and everything. And yes, that's history. what, I'm glad you said that. Take Sean, for example, doesn't drink. He would have loved it. There was three right. people in our group that didn't drink. Because when we're passing them out, they're like, no, I don't drink. I just here for the, you know, the history. The history it's I mean, it's, it's history. very, yeah. very, very good. Because, I mean, this dates back to 1700s. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah which it's Jim Bean used to be called something else. The, the the one it's named after is the one that got him through the Prohibition and shit. Oh, okay. And so he gets to keep, he, he gets, his name he, used to be on the bottle. He stays on. He, he took him through the Depression. He took him through Prohibition. All right. that was happening around the same time, right? Uh, and and they've got the family tree. I took a picture of that up on the wall of all the. It's not even bean anymore because one of the beans didn't have a son, so it went to like a nephew. Oh, okay. And uh, they said that uh, like the last two, I think, has been another name other than bean, but still they're obviously keeping the name. So we go to the tasting room, and. We tasted those two, and he said, all right, what's your choice? So you would come up, and he basically just bartended you, you know, whatever. 
you wanted and the one that he recommended is the one that I got and what was funny is nobody in the whole room got any of the flavored like the vanilla the apple you know nobody nobody (laughs) everybody either got devil's cut or that it starts with a B it doesn't even it's not even Jim Beam it and it looks like a it's a round bottle Hmm. I, I think it's pretty high dollar I saw well. I saw it in the gift shop. It was like fifty Did bucks a bottle. Did you have a guy on a horse on top of it? <sighs> it's something. This is not the name. It's something like Brandon's or Blanton's. Blant. Say it again. Blanton's. Blanton's. No. Okay. It was not that. Because that's some top notch stuff right there. No, it was like. <sighs> I'll have to look it up. I don't want to waste a bunch of time trying to Google shit. But editor's note: the name I was looking for there is Baker's. It was good. It was really, really good. It is kind of high dollar, but yeah, it's good. So we did that. Then we it ends at the gift shop, obviously. Very good marketing. Get you get you liquored up. Send you to the gift shop. Yeah. Uh, buy some memorabilia. Uh, and then we had to go to a back to the tasting room, which the tasting room is split between the tasting room and, and the actual bar, which is a really small bar. But you go in there and get your cocktails. And... Uh, well, let me back up. You get to keep your shot glass they give you in the tasting room. And the cocktail they give you, you get to keep that glass, too. Oh, cool. So you walk away with two glasses. We went to the bar, and we ordered our drink, and it was all mixed drinks. Like, Barry got like a, a Jim Beam and a carbonated water with lime. And his came in like a tall, like... Tall boy. Yeah. Well, I told her, she was like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I'm not really a soda. I, like, I don't like mixing shit with my whiskey. I just like to drink it. <laughs> I was like, can you just do me like um, like a Jim Beam in water with ice? And she says, well, there's a water thing right there. She said, I, why don't, I just pour you Jim Beam on ice, and you just add however much water you want. And I was like, oh, we can do that? She's like, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, do that. And, of course, I didn't put any water in it. <laughs> uh, I just thought I had to get a mixed drink. For some reason. So my glass was an actual whiskey glass. Oh, awesome. A Jim Beam whiskey. And it's just like those shot glasses engraved with all the stuff. Awesome. It's really cool. Then we go back into the tasting room because we met a couple of dudes. There was this one guy taking pictures with like a high quality camera. And uh, I got his business card because I was like, when are you going to post these pictures? I'd like to, you know, to check them out or whatever. And he gave me his card. And now I follow him on Instagram. And and they were still in there, so we walked back in there to talk to all of them. And then, as everybody was leaving, I turned around and somebody had left their shot glasses, like two of them. <laughs> I was like, I looked to the left, I looked to the right. I was like, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure Jim Bean has enough of them. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, I rescued. See how noble I sound? You rescued. I rescued two shot glasses. Did you have any cards to give the guy that gave you his card? I did not, but we follow each other on Instagram. I don't know you I did. Um, let me pull it up because I told him I'd give him a shout out. You he let him know, huh? takes really good pictures. Uh, his Instagram is Finn's Finer Things. F-I-N-N-S, Finer Things. And the other guy we met was uh, his Bourbon. No, Bur- yeah, Bourbon Rado. Bourbon Rado. Bourbon Rado? Am I say how am I? B B O U R B O N R A D O. Um, 
But yeah, if you go to his page, like I don't know if you can see from here, but it's just like you would like it. I I will check it out though. Yeah, it's a lot like, of scotch and. But yeah, yo, go check him out. Lord, he's that devil's cut. Like he's got some me. good. Like, are you bu- you buzzing? They punch me in the mouth. What did what proof is that? Uh, it's just forty five. It, I don't know. It what kind of hits like Jaeger or something? You know, you know what's funny is when we did our shots. Maybe it's the method because when we did that Kentucky Chew yeah. tutorial, he was like, "I bet y'all aren't cold anymore, are you?" And I was yeah. like, mm, "Good point." Like, Kinda. I can feel my eyeballs. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah I, because, of course, I'm on night shift, and you always get a buzz quicker on night shift. I don't know okay. what it is about it. Especially on your day off, because I didn't sleep like three hours. Well, there you go. I didn't want to sleep my day off away. Oh, yeah. I know what you mean. It sucks. That could be it. And I haven't ate a whole lot. I ate, I ate a snack, though. I mean, we're fixing to eat, so Good. maybe I'm not some you got Brit. a DD with you tonight, I think. Might go get some water. So my overall experience with the Jim Bean tour was great. And see, now I want to go back because there's the whole other one I haven't done yet. There's two of them. There's that, the I didn't do the distillery tour. I did the warehouse tour. Oh, so now I want to go back to yeah. the distillery tour. I'll go back too. I'll go. I'll dude. We're we're talking back. about going back because did you know there in Kentucky there's more underground caves than oh, there yeah. are in any other state oh. uh, in America. And they have all these, I saw the signs, all these hikes and cave tours. and oh, Like, yeah. we could do, and there's so many distilleries. Like, I didn't tell you this. Oh, good Lord, it's Kentucky. It's, it's Kentucky. We, it's went to the, we went to the Evan Williams place to do that tour. But it's like an hour-long tour, and we were in a hurry because we did the Louisville Slugger tour. They make the bats down there. That would be, I didn't even Barry wanted to do I it. I didn't even think about it. I could see Barry doing it. Yeah, he wanted to do that. I was like, eh, sure, let's do it. He should got a bat for his nephew who plays at State. Oh, that's a good point. They do give you little bats oh, yeah. at the end of the tour. Uh, and they also give you these things. Uh, the bats have knobs on each side so the machines can grab them mm-hmm. when they like turn them and sand them and stuff. Well, the last thing they do, or one of the last things they do, is cut them knobs off. Yeah. And they just keep the knobs and give them out to... Oh, so I got, some, I got some knobs. Cool, cool. Get, a, get a knob. A little souvenir, yeah. So, yeah, that would, I would, I, that would be cool. Because I want to go to... I don't know, my, I guess my favorite bourbon... Would it be Woodford or Blanton's? Yeah. Uh, Dude, we need to go to John Emerald. Oh my God, we need to go to John Emerald. Oh, it's in uh, it's in Auburn, Opelika. Yeah. It's a good it's a good little drive though. It's like on the Georgia line. Oh, okay. But still, let's that'd be we could Think, find a B and B. Like, just go go to Montgomery and go almost to Georgia. Oh, I see. But we, we were kind of in a hurry because we'd already done those two tours and, you know, we went to get something to eat and all that. And we didn't want to be late for the Metallica concert, obviously. So we 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 went in the lobby and checked it out. I took a couple pictures, but we didn't do the Evan Williams tour. So I definitely want to go back because there's a lot of stuff oh, yeah. I didn't get to do. We could just do whiskey tours and hiking. and oh, yeah. Uh, and the place we stayed was awesome. You know, I wouldn't mind staying there again. And it went expensive. If you're into... And again, you don't have to be a drinker to like these whiskey tours. It's oh, very historic. It's, it's very yeah. Like I'm not even doing it justice. It's like with my description of it. Sean likes the idea of us making beer. Yeah, but he don't drink beer. At he all. would have had a blast. He don't like none of the beer we made. And he probably would have just passed. But he tries. He probably would have gave us his shot. You know it. He tries all the beer we make. Not all of them. He's tried a couple. Well, we don't push. The, we only push the ones on him we think he may like. Mm. The ones that just taste like beer, we don't. But, surprisingly, the ones we didn't think he would like. 
He's like he does, and vice versa. Well, like I really thought he'd be into the chocolate one. Hey, no, he did not. Like he went that about at that all. business at all. He's like, nope. <laughs> but uh, I think he was expecting something to taste like a cookie. Yeah. I was like, it's not we that. Were, kind I'm of... gonna make a double chocolate stout, like a Young's chocolate we drink at the Flying Saucer. Yeah, or a Rogue double and chocolate, and I'm gonna make one of them and make it taste like a cookie. <laughs> oh, but speaking of beer. I was doing a little bit more research because, you know, I'm, I'm I'm paranoid of messing up, so I get all my ducks in a row. Yeah, we got a lot of grains. We don't want uh, to. On this batch, up. it's going to be a lot of, uh, be a lot of waste. But I was looking, you know, we're doing, it It would make no sense on the beer we're making. I'm making a barley wine clone, and we're actually, it's a clone of a, of a beer that's made by Anchor Brewing Company called Old Foghorn Barley Wine. That's the beer we're making. It's, We've got that other Bigfoot in there. Oh, okay. We get just uh, got drunk now. But dude, <laughs> just I'm just saying. Uh, That's a good. That was a good beer. Uh, but I that I was thinking, it's like, why would Anchor a brewing company? Why they're only? And I mean, it's on their website. They only do the first. Keep talking. I'm gonna let my dog in. They only do the first runnings of that beer. They have. I mean, we're gonna do a second runnings and get a decent beer out of it. So I started looking, and yeah, Anchor Shit. Brewing, Anchor Brewing Company, Anchor Brewing does Old Foghorn Barley Wine first yeah. runnings, and then they do a second running of that beer and have a beer called Small Beer. It's called Small Beer. Hmm. Now they don't like where I'm going to add stuff to it to get it to a certain point to make it a a normal size beer. They leave it as it is and make it small beer and it's like a three and a half percent alcohol beer that Anchor hmm. Brewing Company makes. We should try one. I I, I, I would want to. They said it's similar to a uh, English ESB which we haven't made yet. We'll have to make one of those. Right. Which is basically a, an American which is basically a pale ale. Okay. It's a pale ale. Not to change the subject, but the reason I jumped up to let Pig in, I was only gone for two days. I left after work Friday, went straight to Louisville. The weather was terrible on the way up there, by the way. It was pouring down rain. It was dark. It was, it was, this is bad. It was opposite on the way home. It was beautiful, great drive. Uh, but I came home Sunday. This dog oh, legit, <laughs> legit butt hurt at me. Wouldn't even look me in the face. <laughs> He's mad at you. He thought, like, I left him. <laughs> Forever. He's like, you left me. Well, well, you just left me. I'm like, dude, I was gone two freaking days. Like, we've gotten to that level in the relationship oh, yeah. to where it's like, it's like we're a married couple. Like, what if I go, like, I, I go away for, like, a week or something. He won't even talk to me. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. So, anyway, back to what you were saying. Um... Another interesting thing that developed since the last podcast where we talked about this barley wine was that you're starting your own yeast and like a yeast starter. I, What's the correct? I was going. We've been needing to do this forever just because it's a, a thing we need to do. When you, well, it's going to save money for one. When you start brewing. So like me growing hops out here. When you start brewing beer, you, you first get into it. You etch your, It's kind of like being in a band. You get into it a little bit at a time. You don't go off and buy this whole light show 
No, and again, we've said this before, you actually don't need that much stuff to brew about your beer. Yeah, it's the same thing. You don't need that much stuff to be in a band. You just need the necessities. Some microphones, some amps. Yeah, that's it. Now, when you want to fine-tune your self in brewing or band, that's what you do. And that's why I could have bought, to do this barley wine, I could have bought three packs of yeast and been done with it. We're pretty smart with our spending, though. In this, oh program. yeah, I have to be. Yeah, we we only get what we really need, and we we have like a pecking order. Uh, like, what's the th- <laughs> what what's the next thing that's really going to help us out? And uh, then we do that exactly. You know I mean? And the thing is, I like I want stuff for myself, and then I got stuff for the group. And like, like, I was like, I need to get this. Let's go to this and get this. And Lars like, what are you buying? And I was like, well, I got to get this for make beer with. She's like, is that coming? Are we buying it, or is the, the I can relate to that perfectly because there's stuff that I buy for Kildred, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's stuff I buy for Mark. It's the same thing. It's the same exact I'll say thing. I gotta ring it. So it's like, it's like, like there's stuff that I want. You know, I don't care about that the band needs it or right. not. I need so, it. So uh, I was uh, I had this is I'm gonna go ahead and tell the story and get you beeper ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's like, I was like, I need to go get. I got some water pipe out there that I need to make this mash tun with. And uh, but it's been laying in the shop for like three years. It's nasty. It's dirty, and it's just, it's just water pipe. It don't cost that much. I'm just gonna go buy some new water pipe. She said, "Is it for you? Is it for the club?" I was like, "It's, well, you know, I mean, it's for me because you know, it's this is gonna be my mash tun if the club dies tomorrow. It's gonna be you my still got a mash tun. Huh? I still got a mash tun." She said, "Oh, okay." She said, "If it was the club, she could just use the club money to go buy you some. But if it's yours, you need to go clean that pipe up." I was like. I'll be damned. I'm going to go buy me a water pipe. <laughs> but and then after, yeah, but it's, uh, <laughs> unless it's like freaking schedule 80. I mean, it's pretty cheap. Right. It means, I probably had some laying around. Probably. But, uh, so I, I have a mash tun now. We, we will. I got to go buy the, the ball valve. Tomorrow. You can let us borrow your mash tun. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like I do, I do that too. Like, Every all the stuff that I have music wise benefits Kill Jay, but it's yours. But some of it's like I don't, I don't, I wouldn't care if I had a band or not. I would, I would it's want mine, that, yeah. you know. But yeah, it's mine, my stuff. Like like you said, if the band breaks up tomorrow, I've still got all my all my toys. There you go. They're acting really weird they, out there. They're acting super. We're in here drinking. And they're and they're acting way more, more way more see? drunk than we are. That's a proof that you sh- should drink. <laughs> you drink. <laughs> but yeah, it's. I'm super excited about this thing, and I'm, and I'm paranoid at the same time because it's a lot of grind. That's what makes it fun, though. Oh the, yeah, it's the, the, the being it's nervous. The, it's the, so like being, uh, we're making a lot if of. If it was gonna be automatic, music, it wouldn't be. It's like no being fun. nervous before a gig. It's not. Yeah. It wouldn't be no fun if it's gonna be automatic. It's like oh, I push this button, I get awesome beer. That's yeah. that's no fun. Well, if it's, you get too t- technical, like too advanced in technology, it doesn't feel as authentic. Exactly. I like so the, like the moonshiners used to right. do it in the woods. I could have. I could have went and bought a awesome mash tun for X amount of dollars to do what I do, but it's fun making it. You know, that, I like the DIY of it, of yeah. the home brewing, of making your own stuff. Like you know, me and my brother cut the wall out of a side by side refrigerator to make a fermenter. So <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Everybody at the homebrew club was like really. They was impressed with. They it. were into that. Not my method of cutting the wall out, but they was impressed with the fermenter. Actually, your method was pretty clever. Oh uh, well, Just turning the skill saw blade backwards yeah, and yeah, ripping it. We had to get to that point, but yeah, the dribble <laughs> worked. Was, the dribble wasn't good. It, it got you there. <laughs> oh, you know what you need to do? Take a picture of your bomb. 
Oh, we won't and put it on the homebrew club page. I, I get it. I, I mean, I'm going to get. They it might be impressed by that too. Yeah. That's pretty good engineering. Uh, and I've decided now that I was waiting on. By the way, in case the NSA is listening, it's, it's not, not a bomb. Really a bomb. It's a temperature controlling device control that control looks, device. Like it looks like a freaking bomb. It would not pass at an airport. Uh, I promise you. But when I actually get it time to get it hooked up properly, uh, it will be oh, so much cooler. Pun intended. Uh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, my brother's smart about electronics and stuff. Yes. Because he, you know, he's, that's what his degree's in. So he can actually use the thermostat. Degrees in? Degrees in. Degrees. Oh, oh man. They're just flowing. Uh, he can actually take the ther- use the power from the refrigerator itself to power the unit mm. instead yeah. of a plug-in. And I can just... We call that backloading. Exactly. And he could, <laughs> we could just wire it straight into the refrigerator. I plug the refrigerator in and it comes on. But, uh... I got another refrigerator that I got from uh, Germ to make uh, my kegerator out of. And I was waiting on a freezer, but I'm going to use that. I'm just going to go. I don't, I don't need but one. Once you have your own kegerator, are you still going to come over here? Uh, okay, just, just well, the fact that you paused right there. Well, is here's troubling. the pause. Here's the pause. Right now, we make five gallons of beer. We might uh, make well, more. We might make eight gallons of beer, and I might. Four. One thing I want I us to start doing, four four. which you're already doing, but I know it's a pain in the ass, and I'm willing to help with every batch. I think we should start bottling more. Absolutely, I like the and idea of having that, bottles. Uh, it's so convenient to throw in a keg, crank up the CO2, instant gratification. But then it's gone. It's gone. And here's when you thing. got bottles laying around. You're like, hey, this is from that batch. Or mm-hmm. you remember this one? I enjoy making a beer. And I enjoy letting people know I make beer. Like, I try to figure out a way how I could just not be weird and say, hey, I make beer. But uh, I need to let people know that. Yeah. But when I do, and, and these, these people, some, they might not be craft beer drinkers. They just yeah. might. But they want to try my beer. They think it's cool you drink. You, and they you, think it's that cool. That you drink beer. And, uh, that they, you make beer. And they want to try to, and they, hey, I want to try your beer. And I bought a thing to fill growlers with, but I don't have. I don't want to give my growlers out because I got to say, "Hey, give up." You need right. them. Hey, bring that bottle back now. Yeah. But you know that's just weird. So it'd be a whole lot easier if I just had some Thoy bottles that I had, and I could just and just give some. And the thing that's another thing. When I give somebody a bottle, I don't want to give them one bottle of beer. You want to give somebody at least a couple. A couple. Yeah. Uh, and if it's you know a beer they're going to drink, you want to at least hey, here's a six pack of beer I made. Yeah. Check it out. And uh, it makes good gifts. It makes good gifts, exactly. Like this barley wine, I want to get some, some you know, some cool big bottle yeah. cork basket, wire basket I'm thing. That would be awesome to get. Like back. a family member that drinks, you could have like a ball yeah. of that with some like some nice cheese. I like put them a little oh, yeah. bundle together, yeah. and yeah. you know. Uh, but this it's going to be great. I've, uh, I've, I've tried to cut the cost. I've been dodging this because of the cost. That's what I'm dodging it. But we're making our dollar stretch. We have. And, uh, well, tell them about the yeast thing. Describe that. I got a yeast starter kit. Uh, I bought the yeast. Because yeast is a living organism. It's a living organism. And I Are was you going to name it? It's Tom. Tom? I was thinking Bob. Just but like okay. the guy from MySpace. Make it easy. It's MySpace guy. That's his, It's him. It's okay. not this. I'm named after him. It's actually Tom from my. He needed a. He needed a new gig. He had an essay. He might as well firm. He, he, he might beer. as well firm in our beer. Uh, so we. Uh, I was gonna have to order a couple to do this beer because a package of yeast has only got so many billion, uh, so many million billions of sales. I don't know. I don't know the number. Yeah. That would do a certain amount of beer as far as gravity points. So I was gonna have to buy. 
two or three to get this beer, this barley wine done. And uh, I didn't want to do that. Uh, well, and I was going to have to order the yeast because the homebrew shop don't carry it. So when I was on there, I wasn't going to get free shipping because it was only 10 bucks. I had to spend 35 to get free shipping. Yeah. So I was like, well, I go ahead and buy the other yeast. And I started thinking, it's like, I wonder how much a yeast starter kit would cost. So I got a yeast starter starter kit, which I buy one pack of yeast. And you, yeast starter you feed kit, it and it never... And I feed it and I make it into the, the quantity. Are you going to sing to it? Of three, huh? Are you going to sing to it? Uh, am I going to sing to it? It's a living organism. No, I'm going to dance naked in front of it. I don't want to drink the beer. <laughs> That's what you have to do. I don't want traumatized it yeast want in it, my it beer. It doesn't want singing. <laughs> Tom doesn't like singing. He likes oh, naked well, I'm dance. not really good. Well, that's what Tom likes. Tom likes what Tom likes. Tom likes what Tom Hey, yeah. no judgment here. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, oh, as much as I am enjoying this conversation, I have to use the restroom. Uh, yes. <laughs> but you know what I'm already regretting is that after this podcast is over, this talk will continue. Oh, We're yeah, going to have a lot of wasted material. A lot, a lot of wasted material. Yeah. Uh, it might even get better because as we get more buzzed, we're probably going to be funnier. Yeah. I imagine as soon as I eat something, I will lose my buzz because I didn't drink enough to have a buzz. Yeah. But I couldn't drive right now. <laughs> I don't know if I can get up off this this Kellogg's corner. It's because it's too comfortable. It is it's just too comfortable. It's too comfortable. Like everybody that sits over there, like Sean, when we did the Metallica thing, like he looked really comfortable. Yeah, it's... Like... I'm glad I'm facing you because I'm afraid if I didn't pay attention, you might doze off. I might doze off. <laughs> have to maintain eye contact so yes. you don't nod off behind the wheel over there. All right, so that was that was my experience at Jim Beam. I really liked it. I highly recommend anybody go. It was, real, uh, it was cheap. Like, what? I mean, it's not free. I think the Jack Daniels tour used to be free. when I, I don't think I paid when I went. Compared to Jack Daniels, what's the... Oh, uh, Okay. Good question. I, I, yeah, I didn't do that. I was really I'm a Jack Daniels guy. Oh, yeah. But I like Jim Bean. Yeah. Um, you could not drink at the Jack Daniels tour because oh. it's in a dry county. And this tour, not only can <laughs> you drink, they highly I encourage it. it. They demand they it. it. Are you really? You're not drinking? Yeah. Uh, so, okay. And I good. paid a little extra to get the cocktail and... But you're basically buying a glass. Because when you yeah, buy the cocktail, yeah. you keep the glass. Right. And it was worth it. I think it was, I don't know, 10 more bucks maybe. Right. I think I paid $30. I think. I maybe. Oh, that's not even, that's nothing. Yeah. I'm going tomorrow. I'll <laughs> go with you. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's, it's been a long time since I did the Lynchburg I've, tour. I've never done any, t- I've only done, believe it or not, I've only one, I can't even talk. I've only done one brewery tour. Oh, yeah? Nope. I'll take that back. Two. I've done two. What were they? Uh, Yalabusha. And uh, Black Warrior Brewing in uh, Tuscaloosa. Well, that's way cooler than the brewery tour that I did, which I'm not going to talk shit about. It was cool. Like, it was really, especially in the history part. But I'm not a Budweiser guy. I don't drink Budweiser and Bud Light uh, at all. But I did the Anheuser-Busch tour, and it's I highly recommend it. I would, that's... That's another one they want you to drink. Not only do you drink during the tour, at the end of the tour, they take you to this pimpin' lounge... I mean, it's nice. It's safe. Leather chairs, flat screen TVs. They're like, that refrigerator over there has got uh, some of every beer, beer we, we make. make. And there's some snacks here. Leave whenever you feel like leaving. 
She stay there and get ripped. There's no craft beer around. If there's no craft beer, I'll drink Budweiser. And if there's no Bud, if no Budweiser, I'll drink Coors Light. That's that's. I like Coors Light, but I'm with you on the Budweiser. I would much rather have Budweiser than Bud Light. Oh yeah, I'm, I I'm, can't drink I'm, a Bud Light. I would drink like when almost I was, anything. Like when we used to go to Mr. Tony's. But like when I got beer at Mr. Tony's and I ordered yeah. beer, I would always got Budweiser. Yeah. Because, yeah. Budweiser's drinkable. Bud Light, oh, yeah. I just, I don't know what it is. I don't like it's, it don't know, at it's all. It's got all, that Beechwood maybe? I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's got something. It's got something. No. It's just not for me. All right, let's wrap this up. All right. This isn't an outro. No, I don't know why we wrap. What are you doing wrapping it up? What do you mean? I mean, what do we do? I mean, just. I've just, been doing this for years. Just and, freaking hit stop. But that would be kind of rude. Uh, well. <laughs> what if I just stop talking? That would be awkward. Oh. I would have to stop eventually, so <laughs> yeah. I guess it would work. Yeah. All right, no, I gotta get off here and go check the grill. I don't I haven't put the food on there yet. The coals are gonna go out. And Laura just walked in here smiling. Good. I told you they're acting oh, yeah. weird out there. There's something going on. I mean, she's that's where. The, let's go to the party. Yeah, she could. We're be in here with the, all mean, the alcohol yeah. stuff. Oh, we need to go to the party, which is out there. Treats and a tricycle. So you want to play a game? <laughs> Like jigsaw. <laughs> All right, we'll come back and do an outro or something. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal is a nonprofit organization, a level headed team with a knowledgeable background who tries to explain and debunk, not taking things solely as paranormal. They try to help their clients with an understanding about the paranormal. Shadow Stalkers Paranormal also gives back to the community by way of sponsorships such as this one. Fundraisers for historical sites and individuals with terminal illnesses. They strive to make their team better and make a difference. You can find them on Facebook, facebook.com slash shadowstalkersparanormal38821. They're ready to believe you. Now we're recording. Cheers, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're too far away for me to toast. So Clink. I'll just salute you. Hey, don't, don't forget. Mm -hmm. Our Kentucky Chew method. I need to turn the volume out on these speakers. It's great. I wonder who figured that out. I don't know. Is there something scientific going on there or what? Probably. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm glad I remembered this. When I was talking to you yesterday about the, the Jim Beam distillery tour, one thing I forgot to mention is you would have died when you saw this guy's thief. Oh, yeah. Because they had the barrel just laid on its side, and they pulled the cork out, and he stuck a thief down in there to get our shots out that we sampled. This thing was pure copper. Yeah, they're, they're copper. Yeah. That's crazy. Probably about a $200 thief, I would, I would assume. Probably 200 years old. <laughs> it, looked, it looked very, very it, it, vintage. It had some patina on it. Yeah, it's, it's had more whiskey than I have. That's saying a lot. <laughs> I don't know if they'll have a copper thief on eBay. No, they don't even know what a thief is. <laughs> whiskey. Do you spell it just like a thief? Is yeah, it? it's a whiskey thief. Call it a whiskey thief. Oh, uh, less than $100. Okay. These are not, that one's 99 That looks like the one he had. Let's go buy it now. But $30 shipping. Whoa. Shit. Anyway, uh, 
Oh, and another funny thing that he said was uh, when we we were in the tasting room, he gave us our shot glasses, these right here that we're drinking out of now. And he said, don't worry, y'all don't have to figure out how you're going to steal these because I'm going to let you have them. Because <laughs> I was literally thinking, hmm. No, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, get this in my pocket. <laughs> they're, they're nice glasses. Oh, yeah, they're super nice. They're like, like engraved. It's got the, the distillery on them. And that my... My whiskey glass that I got is the same. It's like the whiskey glass version of this. It's got the same etchings on it. And uh, another thing from my talk with Sean yesterday. I don't know if you heard all of that. We were talking about the Metallica show. Hey, did, you, did you hear me tell him about the drones? They're I come in on wrong. the drums. That's what I come in on. Um, I saw on the news today, well, on Blabbermouth, that... There were 99 drones used in that segment. Damn. 99 little drones. Uh, and it also set a record attendance for the Yum Center. There was like... I'm going to close the article now. Well, I could click right here where I sent it to Sean. Oh, shit. Sean sends us the craziest stuff on Facebook. Oh, yeah. He just gets bored. He does a lot of YouTubing. He doesn't watch television. He watches YouTube. Uh, set a record with 23,084 fans. Uh, the last record was set by George Strait, which is 21,700. And uh, this is the worldwide show features the touring industry's first autonomous in drone, indoor drone swarm. With 99 micro drones dancing like fireflies for the song Moth in the Flame. Pretty cool. Okay. All right, so you uh, went and saw Captain Marvel today. Yes, I did. Uh, Spoiler-free review of the movie. I liked the movie. It was a, a good origin story that had substance with it. Usually it's just, okay, this is who this person is, and that's yeah. all you get. Really don't know that much about Captain Marvel, uh, other than what I was telling you about the history of how it used to be a DC character, and now it's, it's Shazam. It's um, there's still info we're not getting, but it it's done well. I mean, it's they kind of put you know a movie with an origin story that kind of meld well well together. I liked the movie. I liked it a lot. Yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to. To seeing it and talking about the the thing with Shazam is is as most of our listeners probably already know DC released a character in like I don't know the forties maybe yeah a long time ago called Captain Marvel mm-hmm. and he would say Shazam to turn into Captain Marvel Captain Marvel well then Marvel sued him and then won so mm. Marvel did their own Captain Marvel right. and DC just changed theirs to Shazam right. Now, my question is, I'm wondering, is it coincidence that Captain Marvel just came out and Shazam's about to come out? Like, is are they still doing the... Yeah, they're probably doing tit for tat still. Yeah. It kind of seems that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, that can't be a coincidence. Like, Shazam comes out, like, next week in theaters? Right. It's got to be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's crazy that they... 
I guess it's kind of a fun competition for the fans, though. Like, I'm oh glad, yeah, I'm glad that it was like WCW and WWE when they yeah, were both boom. Just, like um, the fans won that war. Oh, because they both kept trying it's to one up each other. They they're trying to one up each other, so it's going to be beneficial for the fans. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure Marvel was winning the the war up until you know I don't know about now that Aquaman crossed a billion. They it made over a billion at the box yeah, office. Yeah, it's crazy. That's because a bunch of soccer moms went to go see Aquaman. <laughs> well, old girl, what's her name that was with him? She's She wasn't too shabby herself. Right. I was all about that. She's pretty hot. I haven't what seen her. her name? Is it like... Aquafina? Blake Lively? Is that her name? Uh, shit, I can't remember. Uh, how, how awesome is it that they made me care about Aquaman? I never would have thought that. I liked I, I, it. I right. loved I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. But I never would have thought I would have liked Aquaman as a character. I never paid him any attention at all. Now he's in a movie that I I like him. Yeah, he was in a just he was. I remember as a kid, you'd rather be the Mara. little. Why didn't I think of that? You'd rather be the little, the little pet monkey in the Super Twins than the Aquaman. <laughs> yeah, good point. Aquaman just wasn't cool. No. That orange, green, weird. It's cool they referenced that, though, in the movie. Yeah. And that's not a spoiler because it's it's in the previews. Coming out with the. the, For a minute, he had that suit or a version of it. Is that it for Captain Marvel? Was there a post credit? Oh, yeah. A big one? Yeah. Because I was wondering. It was not too big, but big. You guys like whoa, but you know. Oh, it had a good whoa. It's a little good little whoa, but not a. It wasn't a really big one, but it was. It was. It was simple, but it was really good. Did it have kind of a lighthearted tone to it, or was it like a serious? Oh, it was funny. It was uh, a. It it, it had some seriousness and it had some 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 good humor in it. So we just went and got water from Molly Harmon Springs. We Mm -hmm. just got back from there. Twenty-five gallons. We got twenty-five gallons of. Uh, Molly Harmon Spring Water. Molly Harmon Spring Water. We have potential beer. You know, like yeah. Like pre-beer. What would you call that? Beer analog. It's a, a precursor. Precursor. Yeah. It will soon be beer. You know, we were talking on the way home. For us, this method of getting water works fine because we don't live that far away from Molly Harmon. It's not that bad of a trip. Mm-hmm. We were there 15 minutes, and we got 25 gallons of water that's flowing good today. And they oh, added yeah. another pipe. Moving. I don't know how they do that. I don't either. I don't even want to. I don't even know. Um, that's some good YouTube footage for later. I'm, I slept late today, so I'll probably be up a while. Right. I'll, I'll pull a Sean. <laughs> stay up all night on YouTube. Um. But I wonder if our method is like what most people do. Do most people just take some buckets and kegs out there before right before brew day, or do some people like get a reservoir and like I said I think I I feel like Mark Fancher being Beer Yoda probably has a like I just picture him having this really high tech system where he like drives a freaking <laughs> water uh, tanker truck tanker truck out there and just runs a hose with a quick connect to Molly Harmon and <laughs> uh, I don't know I mean we'll ask him we're gonna be there Friday yeah we'll, we'll, we'll see we'll ask him Friday uh, the from what I've seen of people getting water, they just got milk jugs and stuff like that. We got we ran across that one guy who had like 
a hundred and fifty gallon size Lipton tea jugs. No, those are bigger than a gallon. Are they bigger than those gallon? Are with with the handle on them? Yeah, those big jugs with the handle. He had enough to f- completely line. Did dope. we talk about that on here? I don't know. It was crazy because when we got there, he just had two or three jugs sitting around him, and that's the day it was running slow. Right. And we was waiting he was on him. Old. We was waiting on him. Yeah, and I was like, uh, "Can we carry your jugs to your truck for you?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, yeah, if you don't mind." You know, whippersnappers. <laughs> and uh, I get to his truck, and I was like, oh, my God. He's he been had, here a while. He had the whole bed. That was like his last one. A little, the bed of a Ranger pickup, which is not bad. A little Ford Ranger's not big, but those little jokes it was, it was lining the whole bed of that truck. For coffee and tea. Yeah, I was like, uh, sir, if you don't mind me asking. <laughs> what do you need all this water for? Yeah, he's like, uh, oh, me and my wife, we like to make coffee with it and tea <laughs> I was like, how much coffee do you drink? He's like, oh, about 12 cups a day. Yeah. I was like, well, if he's living proof that coffee won't kill yeah. you. And then he asked us, he's like, well, we're making beer. He's like, well, who did he say? I'm 82 years old. I never drank a drop of it. It's like, I'm, you said, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry to hear that. <laughs> but he was cool about it. He was, he didn't, yeah, he wasn't yeah, judgy. He, was he wasn't cool. judgy. So, yeah, that was, I, I've run into a, a couple of people and like I see a lot of milk jugs and stuff like that like we were saying on the way home it's kind of fun doing the what the, the way we're doing it because I, I almost feel like a moonshiner right I, feel I kind of feel like I'm doing something I feel like I'm doing something but it's, no, I, I mean, shouldn't be just something is it illegal it, to like I know it's legal to brew your own beer but isn't there an amount you have to stop no, at I don't think so what are the regulations I'm not sure uh, maybe we should check on this because this is being put out I know, uh, in public <laughs> Everything on the show is a lot. Well, Homebrew is legal. We just have to, we're just living in Dry County, and that's the only issue we have. Is that really an issue, though? Yeah, we're not allowed. To, we're not allowed to have, See, I, have alcohol. No, no. Buy alcohol. But I, I mean, by definition, of Dry County means you cannot buy, purchase, or sell alcohol. Right. Period. It doesn't mean you can't. If you're over 21, you can have beer in your house. No cops going to kick in your door and arrest you for right. drinking beer and watching football. Otherwise, I'd have been in jail a long time ago. <laughs> More often than Otis. Will our younger fans get that? Will our younger Probably listeners not. get that reference? It took me two seconds to get it. So I still watched the there was Andy a de- There show. was a delay. So there, I'm, I'm sure other people had a bigger delay. So uh, You should have that the whistle going in the background for the... Some theme music. I bet those frogs are coming through. Those, frog, those frog. are there. Are frogs in other parts of the world loud as these out here? Uh, those are frogs from other parts of the world, <laughs> and that's why they're that's so loud. That's how loud they are. And the parts <laughs> that they're from can still hear them. Right. <laughs> they're calling yeah. home. Yeah. I mean, seriously, you can't even like when they get really bad and they're all a bunch of them. Oh yeah, it is. You can't even like you can't even mm-hmm. talk out there. Mm-mm. They heard us talking about them, and they, and they stopped. They did. They quit. <laughs> they quit. They're like, "This sons of bitches are talking about us. Listen. Yeah. Let's just be quiet and wait on them to start talking again. <laughs> but we start talking. I was just thinking, like, when we have band practice, I'm surprised we can't hear them over the band. It's just so weird because when they're going, you forget about them. And then when they stop, it's like eerie. You dead know, quiet. You, it's dead You're quiet. You're like, okay, what happened? Okay. What do they know that yeah, we don't? They, yeah. They, they all just stopped. Bigfoot stopped, took a piss. It was hilarious that <laughs> night. I'd had a few beers in me. And uh, I just, 
I was out there trying to talk, and they were interrupting me. <laughs> and I turned around and went, shut up. Like I did a kill J scream at him. Let me reach. Oh. I had to reach for it. And it just got dead quiet. It was like, whoa. <laughs> it was weird. I scared them. And then, boom, they all just started right back. <laughs> I was like, well, that wasn't worth the effort. It was kind of funny, though. What was it? Oh, yeah, we were going to do an outro. That's what we're doing <laughs> That's now. That's what we're right? doing now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it kind of went blank for a minute. So, Saturday, we're brewing this barley wine. We've already got the water. we got to go to Mark's Friday and get all the grains. Right. So, we're going to need a flatbed 18-wheeler trailer. Not so much. Get a yeah. lot of grains. I don't think it's not. It's not going to be much more grain than it was for that. Uh, um, the Raptor piss or that first batch, that ten, that ten, uh, ten gallon batch we done. The first pale ale we done. Did we do it in the? Was the Raptor piss in a bag or did we borrow Kim's mash tun? We borrowed a mash tun for it, but I think it was around. Did you tell them on here about the mash tun you made? I did not. Well, tell them. I made a mash tun. I got a, it's got a. It don't have a. I took some water pipe and cut some slits and made a manifold. Is what it's called. And uh, I got a fifteen gallon cooler. And that's gonna be. That's what we're it's using. Be full. That's what we're using Saturday. I hope I'm gonna put ten gallons of water in it and dump twenty five pounds of grain in it. I hope the displacement don't squish it over the edge. <laughs> we'll have to see. Uh, you I think add that water slowly. Yeah. Well. Well. Uh, yeah. We add the grain slowly, the water being first. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but I think we'll be okay. And uh, but what if we're not? What are we gonna do? We'll have to just mash that second. But well, whatever's left over, do a second. We'll have to do a second mash, which will be weird. I don't know how. What we'll do then? I have no idea. Well, I'll bring the bag. Oh, because we'll we'll have to do some math. We'll have, yeah, I don't. We'll know have to math do. that. There, there. It's gotta work. I'm gonna, it's just gonna have, have to no work. Choice. It's just no choice. Uh, this has to work. There's no testing for it. Um, I'll probably what I'm thinking about. I'll probably add uh, half the water, like a five gallons of water, and then add the grain, uh, and then add the other water later. That way, if I have to do two mashes, what we'll do is I've already thought about this. I'm not. If we have, I'll add five gallons of water instead of ten gallons of water to the you thing. You think about this at night when you're laying in bed, don't you? Yes, I do. I, I, I constantly. Uh, I can't stop. <laughs> I love it. But I, I'm so scared of messing up, you know. And you know, people, this would be the bad batch to and mess And this up. thing, man, I'm talked about it so this much. It's going to be like I've already, wasting even more money. Like I've already talked it up to everybody when we talked about it at the homebrew club meeting. It's not just us. Oh, yeah. It's not just us three. Going out on the airways. There's like everybody's waiting. Thirty people that's wanting to try it, and then. And then all these other people are hearing about it. So they, it's kind of like when I come up with a new recipe for like when I, you know, me and Laura cook a lot. When I come up with a new recipe and I want to bring it out here to y- y'all and let y'all taste I cook it at home first and taste it make sure it don't taste like shit. And plus, <laughs> uh, isn't Chris going to be here? Yeah. Does yeah. he prefer to be called Chris or CJ? I think I've it's CJ. Of- I'm not for sure. I'll ask him. He needs to be more clear on this, what he needs to do. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he has been unclear. A man of many names. Huh? A man of many names. Uh, <coughs> so yeah the pressure's on with this one yeah but uh well I'm gonna ease into it and if it you know I'm gonna get extra stuff I'm gonna buy some I'm not really concerned with the barley wine itself it's the secondary the rents 
I want the rents to be successful, the second runnings, and that's what I want. So I'm going to buy. I feel pretty good about it. I don't want a low alcohol beer. I want the pale ale that we want Uh, because I already talked about it. Dude, we'll just drink more of it. So I'll just, well. It's like I had to drink two beers for one. (laughs) If I already, I've got a, you know, my copycat on recipes. So I've got a hop schedule for a beer that's got x amount of gravity points if it's got less than that and i put the same amount of hops in there it's going to be it's going to be crazy so i want it to be a good beer and not some frankenstein freak in the corner uh so i'm gonna buy some extract to add to it just in case it doesn't get the gravity points that i'm looking for so if it don't have gravi- the gravity you want, you just will dump that. I just when we bring to the bowl, I just I'm gonna add the appropriate amount of DME to bring it up to what it needs to be. DME is dry malt extra. What flavor? Oh, it's just uh, dry malt extra. I think it's just a. We know how when we break our when we brew our beer, we get this. We got a bulk of this one grain, and we got all these specialty grains. Yeah, it's gonna be part of the bulk. Yeah. So. I was thinking originally this might be a good batch because it's going to be so rich uh, to do like some cookies or bread or crackers out of, but we're going to get every last little bit of flavor out of these yeah. grains, so I would probably yeah. not. I don't know. And that's another thing I, I should ask the homebrew club people if they've ever done any of that with their with spent grains. What they do with their spent grains? That's the, yeah. Of course, this uh, now that everything's blooming, my hops are going to come back, and I'm going to use compost, you know, feed them i got some i've been saving i got a, a garbage can that every time i weed eat or then rake the yard and brew beer and all that stuff like the leftover pumpkins from a uh, halloween are in the compost i mean it's everything and i just stirred up yeah i bet that smells oh my right. god it smells like and not not so much anymore the pumpkins were bad for a while but did I tell you about those huge ass pumpkins that grew out of my burn pile? Oh yeah, where I threw the old pumpkins away, and then this year when it got warm, they, they just these huge up. vines started growing out of my cool. burn pile, and I was like, "Whoa!" And then all of a sudden, there's a big pumpkin, and then there's another one. <laughs> there's another one. It's like I want to live. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm gonna plant some. Uh, I'm gonna plant some stuff this year. I don't know what I'm gonna plant. I'll probably use. I'll probably mix that with whatever I'm planting. Yeah, I made crackers that time. Remember? Yeah, they weren't bad. They weren't bad. They're easy to but make. They, yeah, I wouldn't. They wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, you don't really spend a lot of time. The only thing about them is, <sighs> it's sort of like uh, the annoying part of popcorn. Right. Some of those grains have a so, yeah. a real hard. I've looked into using them as a lot, in like a lot of English sausages. There's a thing called rusk. It's basically like a grain of some kind that they add English people you add to their sausage for some reason. I thought about using it for that because I was going to make some blood sausage one time. But uh, I changed my mind. Listen now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to beer anything. No, nah, I'm good. You want another beer? No. Nah, I... You only had one. Well, that one beer was 8% alcohol. Oh, shit. And plus I drank a uh, Irish juice. I drank an Irish juice when I got here. Oh, I didn't see you. Yeah. Mm, somebody's drinking. Somebody's got a drink. Pick me. All right, so uh, there was something else I wanted to talk about. 
It wasn't just the brewing thing. What was it? I don't know. I'm going to do an intro. I may do it by myself. So weird we're time traveling. Yeah, by the time they hear this, the intro will already right. be done. So they'll know more than I do right now about Bro, the intro. Yeah. Isn't that weird? It's crazy. <laughs> you need to go see Captain Marvel while you're, while you're off, dude. Yeah, and I wanted to watch that. Uh, you wouldn't care nothing about it, but that uh, that wrestling movie called Fighting With My Family. I would see that. But I don't think it's in the theaters anymore. I would watch it. Was it still there today? I didn't even look. I, I think it was. Yes, it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I, I remember looking I'm it up think, on Fandango, and I'm like, "Well, that's not going to be in theaters very long." But uh, but yeah, I would watch window. that. It's got the rock in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, he's in it. He helped behind the scenes get it together. Like I, oh, really? I forget what his role was in, but he was a. I think he plays himself in it. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Because I remember, I go to the wrestling news websites, and I remember them talking about. Uh, an actual wrestling event where they filmed some of the scenes. Oh, really? Cool. For the movie, because like, but yeah, I would. I like, I like, I like movies like that. So, yeah. Even though that I movie, The Wrestler, man, that was I good. Was, that's a good movie. I watched it like ten times. Mm-hmm. Dude got pretty buff for that movie. Was it Mickey Rourke? Yeah, Mickey. Well, he was a professional boxer for a while, so he's. Yeah, but he had gotten in pretty bad shape. Yeah, he's yeah. And then he came back. Uh, I think he kind of s- sort of admitted that he did some steroids. Oh yeah. And, uh, but, but he, he didn't have to admit it. Everybody knew. <laughs> yeah. yeah but like you know, some of these there's a it's very common for celebrities to get buff for roles right. now. I some of them aren't doing steroids. Some of them are. I know they're not. But they have a freaking professional dietitian well, and trainer. Like monitoring every calorie that goes Mickey in Rourke and comes and out. Age, but they're not. No, Mickey Rourke was in. He was in his upper years. Oh yeah, because he, he was playing the role of a burned out wrestler. Over, yeah. So when he was, I think the biggest Ryan Reynolds when he was in Blade Three. Yeah, he, he got, got pretty jacked, but got, dude, don't pretty, forget about uh, Chris Pratt. Chris he used to be chubby. And, uh, Christian Bale went phase. from the machinist to Dark Knight. That was, you know, so he went from like 150 to 240. Damn. You ever seen Christian Bale in The Machinist? I don't think so. Have you seen The Fighter? No. With, uh, I've seen The Warrior. The Fighter with. Uh, How do you see all these movies? I thought I'd watch a lot night of shift. Oh, do you watch movies to stay awake? Yeah, that's what I do. I just watch yeah, them. I'm like, you've seen way more movies than me. Pull up, just like pull up Google and pull up Christian Bale and the Machinist and look at the images of him, of what he looks like. I'm probably going to try to edit some on this tonight. Holy shit. I mean, he was... Yeah. That is gross. Right. And then now he's fat to play Dick Cheney. Right. <laughs> he can't... Yeah. Wow. That can't be healthy. Well, that was an old movie. He went from that to Batman. Oh. This was before Batman. Yeah. He went from that to Batman. Jeez. He's got to be crazy. 
It's not healthy. I don't. Like, I don't even want to look at that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't want to see Batman that way. <laughs> Those are really good movies. Which one? Those three that he did as Batman. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh, three's about it. I mean, I wouldn't want him to go anymore with it. Yeah. Because it would just three's good. Get rid. Yeah, well, those three. Because one of them was like super long. One of them was over two hours. I think Rises was over. Was it Rises? I don't know. I just watched them. No, the one with the Joker in it. That was you're the one. You talk about yourself. You gonna go pee? Well, while Anthony's taking a break, <laughs> I'm just gonna sit here awkwardly and drink my beer. Um, I listened to Kevin Smith's podcast. Sometimes, uh, uh, it used to be called Fat Man on Batman. Now it's called Fat Man Beyond. And they were talking about if they do a Batman Beyond movie, which I don't know how familiar you are with Batman Beyond. I think you know the Batman Beyond is basically an an old retired Bruce Wayne that it incorporates a young guy and grooms him and makes him Bat- Batman of the future. Like the futuristic Batman. And he was talking about how cool it would be if you could bring Michael Keaton back as the older retired Batman and have a new young guy playing Terry McGinnis, which is Batman Beyond. You need to fix your uh, flapper in your toilet. That's not the reaction I expected (laughs) to get from you Uh, (laughs) about Michael Keaton returning as Batman. uh, yeah, I noticed that. You're running. You're running constantly. Do you know how to do that? It's, yeah. It's a flapper. You know the little... Oh, just the thing that covers the hole? It's, yeah, it's not sealing. I'm, that's what I'm guessing. You know, I always brag about the fact that I got such a clean potty for a man cave. Yes. I do. You do. That's a clean potty. That's not what you expect in a man no. cave. You expect, like, yeah. 1970s not, gas station. I'm not even going to say what I expect. <laughs> not even going to say. Yeah. I put these uh, bleach tablets in there, and it makes it smell clean in yeah. the bathroom, and it keeps the toilet clean. I don't even have to clean it that much, but it may be one of those got up under there too. Could be, but you're you're not sealing off properly. It could be a it could be a number of things, but you know you could have like a kink in your chain. You know, there's a chain that pulls it up. It could be a kink in the chain. Man, I'm bad about getting some kinky chains. Because it might not let, let it. I get some kinky chains. I really do. All right, we're running on my deadline now. Yeah, it's almost 10 o'clock. I haven't even eaten supper yet. I think I'm going to heat up a hamburger from last night. I'm probably going to get a – I ate an early supper, so I'm probably going to get me a midnight snack because i got to stay up all night long. And watch movies. I'm going to watch movies. I'm probably going to watch a movie tonight. I'm going to watch – well, I'm a big – you know, I'm a big – You know what I'm going to watch? I'm going to watch the movie you've been after me to watch. You, you definitely need to watch The Accountant. Yeah, I'm going to watch the account. You were going to thank me on that one. I, mean, I, I know we ribbed you on Saul, but that was mainly ribbing because it was an okay movie. I think that was borderline harassment. Right, but the accountant. <laughs> ribbing I mean, the accountant, you'll love the movie. You're, you're, cruel. you're going to like this movie. I mean, it's. I mean, you're not. I mean, it's your movie that you would like. It's a great movie. Yeah, I think I'll do that. Yeah, I'm going to edit the podcast. It. And you watch it, and then you... Vo- the way I edit the podcast is so bizarre. Well, I guess it isn't really. Then you can box for me, because I'll be awake anyway. I'll get up. Like, I'll edit for a little while. I'll get up and walk around. I'll do something else. I'll come back. Like, I I very seldomly do it all in one 
session. So I may like put that movie on and then pause it every little bit. You'll watch it. You'll get into it. You'll watch it. It's one of those. You'll get into it. I've watched it three times. I've watched Saw 1 once just to give you an idea. But I've seen The Accountant three times. Okay. Well, you got me hyped up. I'm going to watch it. And next podcast, I'll talk about it. You want me to take notes? You can box for me when you're done with it. I'll be awake. But, I mean, what about the rest of the world? They might want to hear it. It's just between us. It's a private moment. <laughs> we do need private things. It's a private moment, don't yeah. we? If they want to come over here and drink this barley wine when it's done, they're more than welcome to come drink it. As long that's as they, one thing that's so different. As long as they lie to me and tell me it's good. About pod, having a podcast, one thing that's changed in my life is there's certain conversations that we would normally have that I don't want to waste them on just... Right, you wait to the... Yeah. I want them to be recorded so everybody else can hear it. I want It's material. I'm like, I'm wasting material. We've had so many conversations, I was like, ugh. <laughs> I was like, if, I, if I'd have known how great that was going to be, I'd have pull, at least oh, yeah. pull my phone out and hit record or something. Mm-hmm. All right, I'll let you get out of here. Thanks for listening to Real Pop Culture, episode 110. Holy oh, crap, 110? 1-1-0. It's it's, we're getting about time for another um, Real Pop Con. I'm just saying. <laughs> I say, what, 25? Well, I think every 25 episodes we do a rundown. Yeah, so, so we should do a real pop con. A real pop con. Uh, yeah. If you don't like the name, you should have So many up. people called that so many different things. It was just yeah. our 100th episode. If you don't like the name Who was calling it Amory Con? You should have come up with a better name. I'm, I just, mean, I'm fine with it. I, I think, think it's funny um, because it's not really a con. I think, um, it's just us going somewhere and doing a podcast. That's all you need. It's a real pop convention. <laughs> it's a real pop culture convention. I think Johnny Blunder called it uh, Amory Con. I think, didn't he? Yeah, I think it was him. Called it Amory Khan. So nobody can steal that now. I said it on air. It's I, recorded and dated. To me, that was... Poor man's copyright. It was... Um, I thought about doing a little con in Amory, like rent out the... Uh, I think that event we the, did was overly successful. Like extremely... You thought it was a success? Oh, I thought that was a success. I thought that was great. Yeah. And uh, I think we should do it again. I think we should... I think I said that day... After we got back and done our recap and drank our shot of mead, we need to do something along those lines quarterly. Okay. Which is, means it's... It's about time, man. It's about time for one. i say after Railroad Festival, which is a big deal. And the community that, center in Amory is actually pretty big. You could do yeah. a little con there. Yeah. Like uh, set up some tables for some... Have comic book vendors come in, have a couple of guests. I, I like sitting up at the, the comic book stores. That would be great. No, I'll talk about if we did an oh, actual, we did an actual con. con. Oh, yeah. Amory could, could support a small little thing. All right, thanks for listening to... This was your fault. I was closing up and you started talking I about I started talking about something else. <laughs> I rabbit hole, didn't I? Episode 110 of Real Pop Culture. We are broadcasting live from high top, the first and only floor of the Kill J headquarters at the Kill J Ranch. Love you, bye. Out. Out. I missed the banter. I missed that. <laughs> we'll have to start it back. I start saying weird stuff now. Why don't you just keep saying see you later, bye? I don't know. I, don't, I didn't like it. Because the buys are. You said bye. I said, yeah, I don't know. It just didn't. It well, didn't I mean, bye is a word you would I, say. It didn't right mesh there. well. 
Bye is what you say when you're saying bye. I would listen to it when I was at work. It just didn't sound right. Okay. So, I you know. Maybe it, it'll maybe it'll come. It to didn't you sound time. organic. Keep trying on different suits. It didn't to sound organic. Good. I want to find something that fits. So yeah. So bye again. All right. <laughs>